So Montana specifically right now, the people that were born and raised are in a total housing crisis because you're competing with tech millionaire this guy, you're competing with rich guy over here, rich girl over here. And the point is that a lot of people that need to service these tourist type areas are now getting priced out. Yeah, I got an article behind this. I just pulled this up while yeah. you're talking from CNBC. The study did not quantify the impact of all the free advertising Montana gets from Yellowstone, but it's clear that the fictional John Dutton and his fictional sprawling ranch have given rich city slickers an idea of what it would be like to become a real life parent out with. People really are just trying to live a fucking movie. T-Mart, it's fucking good to see you, man. Dude, this is fucking awesome. It's right back. It's like the early days when you were here. You were one of the first people, not only on the show, yep. but you were actually one of a handful of people who saw this studio before I launched while I was building it for six months. It's so funny because I didn't know what to expect, right? We were out there. Uh, you were teaching me how to box, which was brutal on my end, but I remember walking in here. I'll put and, that video on the corner of the screen. Oh, get out of here. You better not. I just remember walking in here the first time and- coming down the hallway and be like, what am I about to walk into? Cause I'm familiar with the, the home podcast set up and then walked in here and I was like, God, this guy's so much more creative than me. <laughs> That's all I can think of, man. I'm like, I'm not creative at all. Like, you know, I'm seeing some of the art around and I'm sure people see it when they're watching, but like to think of this whole thing, come on. Like I would have never, uh, you know what I had, Joel, I had uh, Bud Light did every NFL can. So that mm. was my big thing was like above my head. You had like, you know, the NFC East. Oh, yeah, the, back when you, you had the pod. Yeah, in, yeah. in the basement. You so. were in, like, college when you did that, right? Uh, my MBA. I was after, right after after undergrad, but, yeah, I was still very much a college kid. I was 21 years old. Wasn't that with Barstool or something? Yeah, yeah. That's so pretty we, cool. We were running the uh, the Barstool St. Joe's page. It was it was a ton of fun, but what did we really talk about, you know? Those was the early, earlier days of podcasting, though. Yeah. Like, you were early in the game. You knew your shit. You're one of the main reasons, and this has been talked about a bunch before, but when, when people have heard me tell the... I think it's kind of a boring story, but the story when people ask me about how this whole thing started, you're one of the main reasons because you were the guy who had the event with your other company in January 2020 where all the people were like, you have to do one. And I was like, all right, I've heard this a million times. Fuck it. Like no plan and then go after it and you were also the guy who knew audio so like you true. The, as far as like i went and did all the research and, and everything but then checking it off with all you and ryan afterwards that was a huge huge help so couldn't have built this without you no i appreciate that i mean it's funny because i met you and i actually told this story the other day the day i met you we have a two and a half hour video that's on my phone still <laughs> where your head is cut off because we had a camera set up. Oh, yeah. Fucking Mike, Mike put the camera, put the camera like, away. Down. Yeah. It's, it like, literally would be like as if I was here. Like, who's the mystery man on the other end of the table spitting the hot takes? Uh. Um, but no, I, I just remember from, from the time I met you, it, it was the conversation was so good and the people at that table were so great. But there was still one person driving it. And that's when I started being like, this guy, like, everyone needs to see this, hear this, you know, be asked questions by this guy. So it was, uh, it was, easy to say that you deserve and you know meant to be in this space no and and <clears throat> I, i'll say this when there was literally i think it was the people who saw this before i launched were like my parents and my aunt obviously and then you were the first guy 
I yeah. brought through here. My buddy Josh came down from the Bronx and stayed here for three days. He saw it. Nico came and saw it right. in June that summer. Holly Tevis saw it. And my cousin Sydney saw it. And then obviously like Terrence Jones, who I recorded with as well, he yeah. saw it. But yeah. other than that, no one else saw this before I launched. And I would watch like because – I took a huge leap to do this, and I'm like, yeah, no you're, you're the dumb, you're you're the dumbest person in America for no, doing this. No, but I would like come in here as people were coming down the hallway to come in, and I'd sit down and I'd just kind of watch people walk in to see, like, all right, do they think this is a fucking disaster? And you were one of the guys who walked in, and you were just like, I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, oh, Jules, this is it, this, so this is it. And I first, was like, all right, maybe. First maybe. place, my eyes went. Or T.J. Eckelberg, one of my favorite books. Oh, yeah, up there in the corner. Yep. yep. First place my eyes went. And then I immediately, like, for some reason, missed the rest of it and just saw the Kennedys and the Carters. I, I literally remember this like it was yesterday. And, like, McGregor is one of my favorite athletes of all time, especially then. No, who the hell knows? But, <laughs> um, but I, seriously, like, that's, that's where my eyes went. And I was like, oh, man, this is just something, something else. So... It's cool to see a lot hasn't changed. Some has changed additions, but for the most part, the core of what made this great when only I and a you know handful of other people knew about it is still here, and that's really cool. And I've gotten to live vicariously through you over the past two and a half, three years while I fucking sit here and edit all day yeah. and don't have a life again. My man's out there fucking moving, grinding, doing a bunch of other shit too, but you, uh, you're killing it now. Not that I'm surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I knew you would. But holy shit, like you got some money? You want to throw it my way? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, uh, listen, I appreciate it. Here's what I have to say about that, man. The people that we were in the same seat, we were trying something new. We were doing something maybe a little bit outside the box. The people that believed in you then really did believe in you. They weren't just supporting you and blindly yeah. saying, you're going to make it. You've got this. Yeah. They yeah. actually believed. You believed in me. I believed in you. And, you know, I was saying, some of my thoughts towards you before we started this, but yeah, everything's going really well right now. It's, it's taking a lot of work. It continues to take work. Tell people what you do. Sure. Um, so, you know, I'll kind of approach it from where we talked or where we spoke about it first, but, um, the one business that we spoke a lot about was my lacrosse company, which is now just a, a sports training company and sports media company, athletes United. So we do uh, private training, one-on-one -on -one training, small groups, clinics, help kids with recruiting, uh, boys lacrosse, girls lacrosse, Football, uh, field hockey, we're, oh, we're moving into a few other sports. And that's um, like legit, and I can say this now, and this is a compliment. That's mm. like legit like your side hustle now. It is. Yeah, it's, it's like totally. It is a very much a side hustle, even though it's grown a lot and, and you got a successful company because your main business is fucking insane. Yeah, it's uh, it's so crazy, man. It's uh, commercial real estate. So, you know, um, partnering up with, with the big dog in residential real estate, Mike. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. McCann, the real estate man in Philly, and we launched a commercial team within Keller Williams, which is a national company that a lot of people know, but uh, our team is really starting to pick up, and we're expanding headcount, we're expanding geographically, and it's just been a fuck ton of fun. It's moving national now. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's really cool. So you, you're, here's why 
I wanted to have you in because not just because you're my boy, but because like you have to look at the macro environment for a lot of things. And you're also not like one of these pretentious assholes who's like a brainiac and throwing out just like random numbers that no one understands. Sure. There's some of that for sure, but you're not really like that. I'm just saying like from the perspective of now there that we're like what are we coming up on three years since the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, I mean something like that. That's when we were out there right. boxing in your driveway. Right. So the yeah, that was, was like down. that was like May of twenty twenty. Yeah. That was early. Well yeah. was shut to do. Might even have been like March, April. So I wasn't here till like mid April, I think. But either Whatever. way, it's like that's it's been a while. And the whole world flipped upside down and one of the craziest trends that happened at the there were there were two trends. One very expected, and that was you saw commercial real estate go oh through God. the floor yep. because obviously everyone went to work from home. We'll bookmark that. We're coming back to that. The other thing was you saw residential real estate like I remember talking to realtors in like May. Yep. Of that year, and they're like, dude, I can't, my phone won't stop ringing. Yep. Like, everyone's buying, and it's still like continued in a lot of ways. There's some weird shit there, but you know, we see some, you know, the real estate market is something we all look at to be able to get the health of an economy. Because, I mean, we all know about the housing crisis in, in the 2000s and what happened there. And there's some shit you can see before it happens now that people look for it. But, like, you know, it's it seemed untenable for a long time. So, starting with like, Starting with residential, sure. where are we compared to where we were that spring? And what are like some – a couple main things you're looking at right now that, yeah. that either concern you or think you think this – make it feel like things are in a good spot? So we're, we're talking spring, pandemic spring? Like yeah, to since then. then. Yeah, because yeah, so, it was crazy then. I mean – and it was really crazy up until the, the rates finally went up. And, you know, this is like Explain almost like a two-year run. I mean, yeah, so interest rates, the Fed raised uh, their funds rate and – Interest rates obviously follow that. The 30-year mortgage follows that. Um, so obviously, up until that point when they were still the same and they were ridiculously low, it's like anything else. You know, when you have a 2.5 or 2.75% interest rate, yeah. you can afford a lot more. So I, I just wrote about this on my newsletter. We uh, we basically saw a world where the competition was everywhere. You had first-time homebuyers bidding on $700,000 homes with you know, two incomes where they're both making like 50K. How's that even, but that screams like housing crash. Well, crash differently than 08 though, because it <laughs> a is, better crash. <laughs> it, it, well, this is the whole soft landing thing that you hear thrown around. It's, okay. it's different because now you're not having one person get five loans, right? Like you've seen the mm, big shore. We talked about this. Yeah. It, it's not one person getting five loans and not getting checked on it. It's everyone can get a loan. Or I'm sorry, everyone can not only get a loan, but afford more. Because now a monthly payment, that would have been... Oh, uh, because the rates are Yeah, because the rates are lower. So And they're not adjustable, you're saying. Exactly. They locked it in. Exactly. Hmm. So And that's where it's kind of crazy. So I think right now, we're back to some realistic expectations. We're kind of closer to the middle. What we're are not, rates on a 30 right now? You're in the sixes. Like, that's why you know the difference between that and yeah, fucking Yeah, I do because I bought one, you know, not to be that guy, but one of my <laughs> homes is on a 2.75. One of my homes. And the other one's Ooh. on a 5.5. Five. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? I, you understand it then. I, I see it. Yeah, it's the 5.5 five should be the realistic benchmark. The the 2.75 is a fucking Fugazi. Like, Fugazi. Fugazi, Fugazi, a fucking movie. We were just listening to a song that quoted that. But uh, but seriously, it's 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 not real life. It, it It's not sustainable. It happened. It had to kind of happen. 
Um, but now we're back to like normalcy and, and what a rate should really look like to level the playing field and make, you know, make the world normal again. But do you still see a seller's market out there? Like the demand for homes is crazy. Depends where you are. I think that your, your rural-ish areas are completely adjusted. Mm. Uh, like around your cities like Philadelphia where we're recording this podcast and areas like that. Your really rural areas, your vacation homes out far away, um, prices are still ridiculous. But what do you mean, like where? Like you know, we were we were mentioning you know out west, like Montana. Uh, what was this thing you said this really fast on the phone? It went. Sure. I wasn't really. It was quick. I wasn't even really listening. You said something about like the prices went through the roof, so people can't live there yeah, anymore, so, or something. Uh, my my teammate Pete, just super bright kid. Um, was the one that kind of made me aware of this. I wasn't even really like following this. So Montana specifically right now, the people that were born and raised are in a total housing crisis because they're working in a lot of, not all the time, a lot of these people are working, you know, for businesses that kind of are experiential or um, tourist types of attractions. Okay. Ski resorts. Yeah. X, Y, and Z. These people can't afford homes in the, you know, on in the fucking mountain. Montana? on the mountains that they're working on because now it's, you know, Dan Jenkins from, uh, from Yellowstone. These guys, you have so many people from out East moving out there. Going to Montana. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, the fuck is have you ever Montana? been? Have you ever been? I've never been West of Pennsylvania. It's incredible. Really? I mean, yeah, it's my favorite place I've ever been. And that's in the world. Um, it, shout out to Montana. I just thought there were like prisons out there and shit. No, it's, I'll tell you, I just said this to someone the other day. It feels like you're on a different planet. It truly. I don't watch that okay. Yellowstone. So Halo. I, I can't really talk. Remember Halo when we were a kid? The video like the game? game. Yeah. Da, da, very da, da, da. first, very first. Um, what am I trying to say? Map that you land on. You come out of this like capsule, and it's just these mountains, water, and waterfalls and shit. And you're looking at it like, oh yeah, that's a different planet. You can go to Montana and have that same whole same experience right here. It's mm. actually insane. So, so people, you're saying that. If I'm hearing this correctly, in the past couple years, and particularly like a lot of it's wealthy really people bad. from other places are moving in there. Yeah, I don't say it's gotten really bad, but for the people that you know live there, it's getting really hard to compete because you're competing with tech millionaire this guy, you're competing with you know whatever rich guy over here, rich girl over here, and the point is that a lot of people that need to service these tourist type areas are now getting priced out and have they have all these different you know, uh, state ran plans to help people, uh, buy their first homes and all. And it's good, but it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely a scary thing. Yeah. I got an article behind us. I just pulled this up while yeah. you're talking from CNBC. Yellowstone boom pits lifetime Montana residents against wealthy newcomers. Yep. You, you want to read this right there? All right. With my, uh, my breaking voice, Yellowstone has become one of the hottest shows streaming filled on the location in the West. Much of it, in Montana, I'm getting a glare. The scripted drama tells the story of a modern-day ranch owner, John Dutton, played by Kevin Costner, and his final desti family destiny. <laughs> final destiny. <laughs> the storyline is deliciously captivating with backstabbing and family intrigue, high-stakes high power plays, and dramatic plot twists. But the cinematography is a major element of the appeal. Sweeping vistas, snow-capped mountains, and charming small towns are captured throughout the episodes. And that's the last part. Charming small towns are charming for us people going to Montana. And listen, I'm one of them. I, I'm a tourist too. I go out there. 
You do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I went out in May, and I'm already planning another but trip. But like, you've been out there several times. Well, I'm I'm planning on my oh, next trip. Okay. Like, I just made it there in May, and now I thought it's you were be, acting like I've been vacationing. But it's going to be a really? yearly destination for me for sure. But yeah. the charming small towns, the tourist, like the businesses are they're pulling in the money from the tourist attractions. Great. What happens when people start moving there? It says the production itself has a significant economic impact on the state according to a study by the University of Montana when season 4 was shot on location last year the production spent 72 million dollars in the state with businesses in the state getting another 85 million from the economic which business. is great that's awesome the study did not quantify the impact of all the free advertising Montana gets from Yellowstone but it's clear that the fictional John Dutton and his fictional sprawling ranch have given rich city slickers an idea of what it would be like to become a real life parent out people really are just trying to live a fucking movie we've had an influx of all sorts of wealthy individuals looking for ranches robert keith founder of boutique investment firm Beartooth group told cnbc they're looking to own really amazing large properties as demand for land and homes has soared prices have followed suit around bozeman the median cost of a single family home spiked from less than 50 from five hundred thousand dollars before the pandemic to near holy shit to nearly seven hundred fifty thousand dollars according to the gallatin association of realtors the areas around missoula and kalispell kalispell that's where i went is that your spot yeah you love it there yep it's great okay wait wait, wait. read read that that last part right here they saw up. even more dramatic price increases those two areas rents are so high that even working professionals are having a tough time finding housing they can afford and some landlords seeking higher rents aren't renewing leases with tenants holy shit. so think about that you're you've grown up here yeah. and you've worked here uh you know uh, an honest living a day job whatever it is and now us assholes are coming out and now you can't live your normal life in the most beautiful state i've ever been to it's really that you're really talking this up. You have to. Uh, I got to show you a photo when when we break it. It's incredible. The other thing for me, you can hear it in my voice. I can't ever breathe out here. Dry air out there, great. All this humidity kills me, man. Mm. Yeah, that it. actually that does. I've heard a lot about that because I haven't been out there, but we we're so used to that on the East Coast. It's nuts. It's All right, so I'll give you a quick you. story. You don't have to get too far off topic. No, go for it. Hike to the top of of. Uh, a trailhead that ends up in Avalanche Lake, Glacier National Park. I go in. I'll put this map in the corner of the yeah, screen. And I want you to put this photo that I'm talking about in here too. Send it to me. I will. So I get up there. I go in the water up to like just below my waist. And I'm walking out. And as I'm walking out, my boxers are completely dry. I go to sit down and put my socks on. You know, like the wet sock effect. You can't get it over your, like, your wet leg. Yeah, that sucks. Completely dry. Really? Like that. Like literally immediately, man. And and that feeling is like the most addicting thing I've ever felt. The socks. air, just air. No, just like, like oh, mm. the air, man. It's crazy. Well, you're like a big mountains guy and shit, yeah, right? I am. You love that. Going to Colorado in a few weeks. Where are you not going? God damn, I need your money. Holy shit, dude. Where are you going to Colorado? A steamboat. A steamboat. No, no, no. Like that's the the town. Oh, that's the, the name, name of the town. Steamboat. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. There are like a lot of weed repositories. I, I know nothing about. It. So I actually booked this. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I booked this. I booked this flight on a whim, uh, with a friend, and I don't know um, anything about it. And I, I said, "Don't show me anything. I just want to go. I know we're gonna ski, but like mm -hmm. I don't know. Twelve days, so we'll see." Well, actually, I, I just thought of this because you said that. Are you staying in an Airbnb out there? No, we're staying with a friend of a friend. All right, that works. Yeah. But what do you know about, like, what's the what's the latest with Airbnbs? Is that still, because obviously that went that's fucking a really, nuts that's when a the really, pandemic happened. really good question. And uh have a really good friend who is, you know, 
getting into the game. He's got one up in the Finger Lakes. He's working on another. My shore house, I'm considering doing it. It's ter- it's nah, turning. You need that shore house. I know. Well, my the same friend said get to another me, one. The same friend afford it. Buy another one. The same friend said to me, "You're 28 years old." He said, "You take these next three years and you enjoy the hell out of it. You can rent this thing for the rest of your life." I said, let and me just, you'll have another house by then. I said, let me start with this like summer, right? I bought it in September. Let me take this summer and reevaluate after. But um, but no, man, I'm I'm seeing Airbnb change. And it's because like everything else, where's the camera? Is this the camera? Yeah. People are fucking annoying. And you as hosts, a lot of you hosts are ruining it for the hosts that want to just be normal. Giving people fucking bedtimes and shit. Like relax, relax. All right, yeah. They're giving them bedtimes. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like quiet hours and bring your own sheets, and you can't do this, that, this, and that. It's what? Like Airbnb was supposed to be the way that you can kind of not be in a hotel and live. You know, have there's a different... no quiet hours in a hotel. It, People fuck like porn stars in there. It's stupid, man. It's changed a lot. The, the game's changed a lot. So with, you, wait, wait. You can tell people. You can say can... any rule you want. I could say that you can't wear red shirts in my house. I mean, I probably couldn't say that, but. It's stupid. Really? It's and, and that's so. I, I mean, saw, I'm poor, so I've never gotten Airbnb, you, you but know, still. <laughs> you know who Pat, Patrick Bet David is? I love. Yes. Hey guys, got an important announcement for you, and it's pretty exciting. We officially launched a Clips channel on YouTube. The page is called Julian Dory Clips, and you can find it by going to the current show page, clicking the channels tab, and it's right below there. Please, please, please go over and subscribe. We're posting daily clips from the episodes of the show, and hopefully it's going to help this thing grow. Anyway, if you haven't already, please be sure to share this episode around on social media and with your friends. I say it all the time, and I will keep saying it because it is very, very true. Sharing the show is the best possible thing we can possibly get because it spreads the word, it helps the algorithm big time, and it gets us out there so that we can continue to get great guests like this and even level up and make this show as great as possible. So thank you to all of you who have been sharing the show around, and thank you to all of you who are going to do it now. If you haven't already subscribed and liked the video... Please be sure to do that, and I would love to hear from you guys down in the comments below. Finally, if you haven't left a five-star review on Spotify or Apple, please take a second and do that. It's a huge, huge help, and I appreciate everyone who has already done so. He literally said, like, and I quote, um, I don't quote, something paraphrased like this. Like, I have 52 rules at my Airbnb. I'm just going to stay in a hotel. Like, or people are saying 52 rules. It's getting really, they're killing it in a lot of places and the demand's down. So with, with that, like, well, that's the question. Why is the, what, what is the state of demand? Are people starting to do hotels more? And is that why you think you're seeing some hotel development still in areas in really desirable areas? And that's great. Hotels that are in these areas that were a little bit outdated are reinvesting into them. But I personally think that there are pros and cons to both. Mm. I personally love if I'm staying at a hotel, even if it's a holiday inn, man, I know that I'm at least going to be able to grab a quick breakfast, especially if I'm somewhere cool, out the door. Bagel, quick little eggs, oatmeal mix up, out the door. That is a little thing for me. The little fitness center. These little right, things. Right, right. But yeah, on, the, fli- the, fitness on the flip side, and I'm going to link to it, and this is how much I love this place, or I'd like you to link to it. I say it may be the coolest Airbnb in Montana. Like, this treehouse. And... All they left for us was like coffee, and that's all I needed, man. Like, it, it went like everything. No rules, though. They were very cool. Yeah. Don't smoke. Okay. You can break that rule. Like, don't smoke, moving. like, you know, around the house. Like, if yeah. there's a campfire, like, I'll, Bring a vape. I'll smoke, whatever, whatever right. it is. But, uh, 
Yeah, it was, it was, you know, one of those things where I saw it personally in my travel. People are fed up. The whole rules thing, it, it's just getting a little ridiculous. But also, you had in 2022, you had all the restrictions loosened. And you've had, yeah. what, like, what, I don't want to go to this yet, but we're going to talk about, like, commercially and, like, the yeah. trends there and people opening up offices again, how realistic that all is. But you did have some people go back to offices. You had a little bit more leeway to have a life, a lot more leeway to have a regular life. I mean, when I go outside and I love this, like, I can't even tell there was a pandemic, which is thank fucking God. awesome. Thank like, God. thank fucking God. Never again. But still, you know, there's that opens up people to get back into, say, like the swing of things. Whereas, I mean, it was very normal in early 2021 to talk to a buddy who worked for some company who decided he was going to go live out in an Airbnb in fucking Puerto Rico for like a month and work. And now I feel like that's not happening nearly as much, no? Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're right. Now, I also think it taught a lot of businesses, and I'm not talking big, big, big business. I'm not talking about Meta. I'm not talking about Google. I'm talking about like, our business mm-hmm. to realize there's ways to do things where boots on the ground matter, you know, in, in a lot of different aspects, but there's also ways to play that game different mm. ways. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Half down, half down the shore, half of my life, but I'm in real estate. You're supposed to be in your market every day. I'm not. You weren't, but you know what though? In fairness, like you, I feel like you, technically weren't before the pandemic though like you've always kind of had leeway to do what you want a little bit um because you've always been a one man you eat what you kill right but like way more now like i recognize that i'm like i don't have to just limit myself to doing deals in philadelphia and jersey yeah what's your rules there like you don't have anything you can do wherever you you can you just gotta do it the right way and and that's it's there always has to be someone with a license signing Oh, right, because you have to be licensed in the state and everything. Yep. But hypothetically, like, you could put a deal together in fucking Boston, anyway. and you know a guy in Boston, he fucking shows up for the signing with you, you throw him a fucking couple bucks, and Correct. then it's over. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, it's all about the identification. I can never say that word well, and all that. But, like, yes, I could do a deal in Budapest, Hungary, where my dad was born, and collect really? a consulting fee. In, in fucking Budapest. But you know what I'm saying? Like... I'm just a consultant if I'm not signing any paperwork. Right. But if you're like the guy who brings the deal together, and it's like getting a huge finder's That's fee. right. Yeah. It's it's a really, it's all about the paperwork, man. It's really all about the paperwork. And like, that's what I'm realizing. And that that's kind of what some people started thinking like during the pandemic where other people were like, I got to sit in my home office and I got to keep doing like. Yeah. It was good for some people. It was good for some people, but that's the thing. Like. You see, you see a lot of. We're going to jump around a little bit today because there's a lot in real estate. But I'm, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm going with your flow. Huh? Um, you see a bunch of companies now. Like you mentioned, some of the big companies, but let's even rope them into this because you're hearing it from them, the Googles, the Metas, and yep. stuff, where they're calling people back to work. Yep, I and just... and they're saying like, no, 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 like you're either here or you're fucking fired. Well, and, I mean, Elon went full. Well, Elon's a whole different thing. Yeah. But I'm saying like. What happened is people get really complacent, I feel like, because, you know, you don't, when your office is fucking four feet from your bedroom, which I deal with this too, but like, I, it's on me. Yeah. I, I, I know I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And like, I either 
something happens or nothing happens that day. So yeah. when people are working for a place, though, oh, you know, Susie and accounting will take care of that. Yeah, you know, I'll get to that at 10 a.m. I want to make sure I finish this or this fucking movie I was watching or something. And then people aren't. You know, they're, they're there, but they're not there. And it's not the same as like when, when you're at your desk at the office, as much as I hate that nine to five life and everything, when I did it, it's like, you, you got to be doing something. Even if yeah. you're pretending to do shit, yeah. you're still doing something. Well, I, I love that you just mentioned that because I realized I'm, I'm a business leader, right? But I realized that I can only be a business leader where the majority, you always have some, some people that are, you know, salary or like. Yeah, and you gotta trust those people, right? Right. I trust mine like crazy. I, I thank them every day. I like to thank, but I need the majority of my workforce to be eat what you kill. Oh, you're not doing well. Look in the fucking mirror, my man. Yeah. Why are you not doing well? Why are more people not calling you? Why are you not calling more people? Like, yeah, that's why I could never. I could never be a business leader where ninety nine or a hundred percent of my workforce was nine to five employees because I need even, even our, our salary people who I love, they, they know like they're in it with us because when we grow, they're going to grow and mm-hmm. they're going to grow professionally and they're going to grow their, their pockets are going to grow. Call on a spade a spade. I'm holding nothing back on this one. No, Last I, time I, I, I was on this, on this, on this show. That. Like I was, I was a little bit tame. Both of my major, like main businesses eat what you kill. I, I'm with you. And and it's not that simple. I, I understand. Like yeah. there's parts of the economy like that can't happen. I understand that. But with – if you have aspirations to do shit, there has to be at least an element of that. Maybe it doesn't need to be 100% of it, but you know, 50% of it is eat what you kill because people work on competition. I mean that's why you know I, I – talk with different people comes up in different contexts we talk about capitalism and socialism and i'm like capitalism has so many fucking problems man i mean i could go on and on and on but it's it is better than socialism i have no problem saying that easily because socialism is an idea it means well by some of the people who came up with it but it never is practiced well because it puts people it actually puts people in like across society in that nine to five mindset like oh we're all just gonna get the same fucking thing you know what i mean like that doesn't work I had a conversation on the way here with a buddy who's in a different market who runs a real estate team. Mm. He's like, you know, man, especially with my new guys, like when I have a listing and it sells, like I'll toss them a bone, the new guys. I'm like, fucking wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Why are we doing handouts? That's not what the game's about. Yeah. You could bring them in to work on the deal with you, but you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, wrong in my mind. Yeah. You and I had, I think, in the early podcast we did... We had to talk about participation trophy culture. That was the first first time I was on, I think. Yeah. You know, I see it more and more everywhere. And you, you see this, too, because you work with kids on your, your cute little side hustle now, <laughs> like with that whole thing. And you were saying, I remember having this conversation with you talking about how, you know, within six months of the start of the pandemic, you're like, this damage is fucking done Irre- with these kids. Irreversible. Ir- Irreversible guy, yeah. I can't sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That listen, it was it made one or two one of two types of people for these kids. They either came out guns blazing, I'm ready to take over the world, or like the other the other group I'm not even gonna like really get into. It's just sad. It's sad. A lot of these kids. It ruined a lot of 
Two years, man. Right. And we don't realize, because we never had it, we don't realize, like, imagine from 16 to 18, not talking to your friends. Right. Sorry. Not interacting with your friends. Normal bullshit. Lunch table. In class. 14 to 16. 14, 12 to 14. It really doesn't even to, matter. It doesn't matter. Just missing of two years yeah. of development of your life. Me, it was 20, if I'm 28, it was like 24 to 26 or 25, 27. Like... You're you going to be all right. You don't change that much in your mid. You were still doing your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. But uh, no, it was, um, it was, it was, it's crazy to see it, man. And coming off that, it loops this whole thing back together because a lot of these kids were getting through high school or college or middle school for those two years, kind of fucking off. So then it's like that. Yeah. It, it starts up. to become like that norm. I, I'm telling you, man, I, I think that. The damage, like I said, it was good for some people. It was bad for most. And it was bad for kids. Oh, it, it totally. Because, you know, the people who leaned into it and did a lot and built shit, I like to think I was one of them, right? You, you were are. definitely one of them. You are. It worked out well. And I feel really funny. I'm very careful saying that because I never want to be like, oh, the pandemic was a good thing for me. But I, all I did was I said, okay, shit's bad now. Something's got to get done. And I know a lot of people who did that. The people who maybe didn't have aspirations to do something like that, including people who are talented, who just don't have an interest in building their own thing. Yep. The pandemic was disastrous for a lot of them because it 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 didn't just make them complacent. It made them – it took away – I don't know if I'm going to say this wrong, but it took away like hope. They began to accept that like, you know what? The world is this fucked up place. Shit we can't control happens. And that's just how it's going to be. So I am out of effect to this whole thing. And you know what? Fuck off. I'll collect my stimulus check. I'll clock in my fucking nine to five on whatever. I don't know. Do they have sign-ins on these things that they have to do? Whatever it is. I guess. I'll clock in on, on the computer with that with the office and and go about my life. And hopefully there's something good on Netflix. And you get fucking used to that as a human because it's comfortable comfort is a you've seen it a thousand times comfort's the worst thing that can happen to a human yeah yeah in, in general like at the bare bones of who we are you know going way way back you weren't supposed to be comfortable no if you're comfortable you fucking died that's it that's you know it. what i mean like i just oh i just think about it all the time man the pandemic though it and I don't want this to be a pandemic episode for your sake. No, 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 no. We but, this is fun. we haven't talked about this in a while. I, I like kind of seeing where we're at now. It, it like I'll give a story here that I've never told you or or any. I've actually told one person this story. It had you told someone this story before. It wasn't you? The fuck? It uh, it's crazy, man. Because it gave me a really weird perspective on one thing, and that was health. And that was the the joke I wrote on the mug. Um, the pandemic made me realize a lot about health and I'm not sitting here counting calories and counting macros. Mm. I eat healthy. I go to the gym. I, I take care of myself, try to take care of this more, but the pandemic, whether it was mentally or physically fucked a lot of people up too. And I lost myself for a little bit in kind of like a mental circle of like, what, like what, what is life? I know that sounds ridiculous. I lost a really close friend, uh, Zaire Williams, a lot of my friends mm. who listen to your show, who grew up with me, were friends with Zaire as well. But uh, after Wait, he that was he got shot. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and after he died, it was during it was I think it was like March of 2020. Man, it was like at the beginning. I remember. Yeah, that. It was right yeah. in the middle, or right at the beginning of this thing, I went down like a pretty steep hole. Nothing crazy, 
but there was a night where I was just on like a drive, just bawling my eyes out, like most uncontrollable cry of my life, really saying like, wow, like what is life really about? And why right now with the world shut down, like is life ever going to be normal again? Mm. Cause I miss that life. And I yeah. just had this sad fucking drive, man. And I, I probably cruised for like three hours, just like could not stop. Because yeah. the world was changed. I just lost a buddy. He he didn't even really get to see the world change like this. And I'm sitting here going, wow, like we might never see life the way it was before. So what even is the, I don't want to say what is the point because it's going to get kind of. No, like, I know what you mean. But yeah. like what, what yes. the fuck is life at this point? We're, we're stuck inside. We can't interact. It just was really fucked, man. There, because everything was out of our control and, the, and even some of it was taken out of our control, but people aren't good at dealing with that at the same time though people are as a group very good at adapting to whatever the latest thing is and that's not always a good thing that can be yep. a, that can be a great thing and i think more of the time it's a great thing but you know when when you look at new normals and stuff like that it starts to get scary and look the more i think about it the more 2019 which was a fun, very fun year. Great year. Fucking feels. I mean, I'm. It feels older than I am. Like in general, like it, it feels like it was a century ago. I'm telling you, it, it's that's when I start to feel old at 28. When I think about like, wow, that feels like way too long ago. Yeah. Like, because the world's changed four times since then. And even though, like, going out in New York now is up there. Month and a half ago, I missed that place so much. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's, you're one of the. I don't. I still don't get it. But you're not a New York guy. I still, uh, don't, I don't understand that. Like I'm like a New York hater. Don't say that. New York hater. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna I, kick you out of this fucking studio. I'm sorry, man. But anyway, keep going. But yeah, like I was up there, and like it's back. I mean, we had, we had a great fucking time. We went out to went to the club one night. We went out to a couple big bars the other night that we went, and it was like. That was awesome, but it's still different. It's definitely different, you know. And it's not nothing's really different about the city and the places. Now there are places that closed, obviously, that I liked and that aren't there. But a lot of places are open and thankfully good. It's more the people. Yep, the people are changed, and it's a far cry from when I visited for the first time in the pandemic, January twenty twenty one, which was very scary because people were just dead like i mean just like nothing but behind their eyes wouldn't look at other people everyone's masked walking through this it was just horrible and so it's much better but there's some sort of like i don't know i i can't put a word on it but there's something that has shifted in in the world in people that has changed the vibe i think that we all are a little bit scared i'm terrified for our world to ever end up in that realm again. Some people wouldn't make it through that twice. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but some people wouldn't. And it's just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to see, you know, everything continue to, to go the other way. I think people started to value getting outside a little bit more. I, I think that's, so I want to talk about the other side of it now. Some people started to discover that they like exploring the world more, going to places like, like Montana, like we mentioned, getting out, seeing new things, not just being glued Mm. I outside of work, man. Like, you know, as long as the person I'm with isn't boring, I'm really not on my phone as much. You know, now it's like 
I'm not I'm not behind the screen unless I really have to be behind the screen. I try to get out and about. Yeah, but because you understand that world, you also understood, like, we were the last people to exist who understood the world like without iPhones for a time, yeah, and understood I, going outside and stuff. You know? I'm telling you, <laughs> I it, I couldn't agree with that more. And it's not like so we at least have that baseline, so to speak. When you look at like kids, they don't they don't have that baseline. There's not, you know, and and now like the kids who were. Like I think about even the youngest kids, especially who essentially had to grow up, which you know that's not the proper term on it. Yep. During the pandemic, it's like you know you lose two years of making eye contact with people, you know, seeing people's mouth expressions yep. or whatever when they're talking. You don't get that back, and they're gonna look. They do look for validation through other things, and and I think you know our evolution of of being that quote-unquote cyborg with that thing in our hand that's basically attached to us it's on a whole nother level with them and and we haven't yet seen the long-term effects of that and not that this is any what's it called not any consolation but it's not just us no it's all these other countries including countries that you know you view as a threat and whatever yep you know like it's it's on steroids in china i mean these people were literally locked in their homes for two years like that you think you think our kids have issues those kids they they really like they probably can't even look up and i feel horrible for them it's not their fault yep you know so we're gonna be we're gonna be studying this for a fucking century i i think it's gonna 30 years from now it's gonna show the most yeah. I really do. I agree. How two years can change the entire trajectory of different age groups. Yeah. I really do think that. You know? I, I think that it's going to be one of those things that came and went, people thought, but it's still here. It, not that COVID's like, but the effects are still here and, and where someone would have went versus where they ended up going. You know, I think it's there. I really do. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be looking at it a couple of years when we're five years out from the beginning. That's when I'm really gonna look at like the data, like the early stuff we've seen is like those test scores obviously went down. Like, oh, didn't see that one yeah, coming. Wow, what do you know? People are like, oh my god, they're on the news. Like, wow, our test scores are down in America. What's going on? I don't fucking know. Maybe the fact these kids weren't in school for two yeah, years might might be a start. Doing nothing. But like seeing where that gets to, you know. It's 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 going to be interesting for sure. Now, the other end of that crew, I think, is ready to like take over the world. Like, who's that? The guys and girls, the kids that were like, I don't care about this whole thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna live my life. And I'm gonna like get outside. I'm gonna do my my thing. Are the most impressive kids I know. The ones I coach, the ones I, I know through real estate, whoever. Most impressive kids I know started. You know business. a lot of them. Yeah, but. Not a lot in the grand scheme. Right. I happen to know a lot because of what I do. Mm, they're like, motivated. Right. They're the most impressive kids I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, that's, really that's good. It's going to need leaders for sure. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, again, it's it's how many? What's what's? It's all percentages and demographics, man. One. That's all that matters. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Hopefully it's more than one. But I'm saying that I've seen. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's scary. But going going back to real estate where, where you are, I yep. think we were talking about, we started down the rabbit hole of residential and we went into like Montana and stuff like that. I don't know. Did we kind of finish that as far as like people moving to places? No, I think it's still worth talking. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just thought of this. 
So we have a similar thing to this, right? In like Bucks County. Yep. And this was happening even before the pandemic where you have, you know, the bougie people from New York decide like, oh, I'm going to live full time in Bucks County, throw a fucking helipad out there. Instead of Bedminster, New Jersey, they're going farther west. They're going into another state yep. and then they're fucking helicoptering into New York. Is that still, they're still moving out there like 100%. crazy? 100%. I... I love reading the Wall Street Journal real estate section because, like, it's just these some of these unattainable in many ways. Are you a physical paper guy? Uh, I wish I was. <laughs> I was. I was. I could totally see you here. Get it. Get an Instagram of this. Hold on, I'm reading the journal. Make sure get it from that angle, please. Fuck right off. <laughs> the only guy that can talk shit like this and, and not get smacked. Uh, it's okay. But no, seriously, I um, I love the Wall Street Journal's real estate section because it's like, for instance. The one of the guys that produced Get Out, it wasn't uh, Peel, Jordan Peel. Okay. One of the other guys buys a house for $91 million the other day. It's That'll like, do. Right? Yeah, it's still happening. Like Money like that's still getting thrown around. People are still making moves like that. But you're right. It's, it's newer areas. It's like this mass. It is like an exodus. You look at California. You look at like New York. New York's going southwest and then, then down southeast to Florida. And California's going to Texas. Now, how much of that have you seen be permanent? Or have you started to see since the loosening some people be like, you know what? It's nice. I'll keep that as a vacation house and they come back. I'm seeing both. I'm seeing okay. a, a lot of people say, why the hell did I ever live in, right. you know, wherever? But um, I think I'm seeing a little bit of both. I, I personally think that for many people, it doesn't make sense to live in the Northeast based on what they do and, and whatnot. And, the cost to live here, I mean, even where we're sitting, man, like the property taxes on this home are probably ridiculous. No. Oh, uh, well, I guess where we're no. where we're actually South Jersey's sit- the fucking move, man. Oh yeah. Compare it like North Jersey's insane. But, South but, I don't understand why South Jersey's real estate is so cheap. But in in relation to North Jersey, it's still crazy anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, you don't get, here's the thing, in New Jersey, you don't get anything for your taxes. So right. everything's expensive. That too. Right? Because you're like, well, what the fuck, I'm getting trash. That's it. You know, like, oh, a little bit to the school, too. That's it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's all relative. But, yeah, I I don't know, like, there's so much land down in South Jersey. And yeah. I'm like, I got to think we're going to have, like, this Hyperloop stuff within, like, two decades where people are – and there are going to be crazy lines where people are able to get from here to New York City in, like, 10 minutes and yep. shit. And when that happens – the prices down here are going to times by like six. It's going to be absurd. I agree with you. But then what happens to the prices up there? That's what I keep thinking about. That's mm. what I'm tracking the most, man. It's what I'm tracking the most is as people are moving. I said this again on my newsletter. As people are moving. What's the name of your newsletter? The Shake. The Shake? Yeah. Where can people get it? Theshake.co. So they, they go there. They just sign up Subscribe. for it? Yeah. It's every Comes Friday. Comes to their email inbox? Every Friday. And you write it? You don't like pay a little kid to do my, it. My best friend and I write it. Yeah. So he writes it. No, I, Jewel, <laughs> I would love for you to pull up one of these articles and you'll know exactly which one I wrote. All right, hold on. It's All right, this is, this is good shake. shit. Yeah, go to shake.co slash subscribe. There we go. Oh, there we go. There's so you have to do the www. That's, that's kind of sketch. I've never, that's honestly kind of weird. I haven't weird. done it in www since the Vietnam War ended. Anyway. Wait, wait, go ahead, put it in. Put All right, your... I got to put it in my email. Yeah. The one you don't read? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you put a comma before the dot. I put a what? Comma before the dot. Gmail comma dot com. Look. All right, good nope. catch. I can't 
There you go. So now I subscribe. So is it going to come to my email right now? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So there's, oh, wait. Hold on. So which one did you write? I mean, I wrote articles in both of them. Well, that one says Angelo BP. Is that like your I'm pen still, name? I'm still on there. That's Angelo. That's my best friend. Okay. What, this one? I wrote, We both wrote on both these. Okay. This one does say Ty. Okay. All right. All right. Good morning and happy Friday. This is The Shake, the yeah, five-minute weekly newsletter that keeps it as real as these headlines about real estate companies. So what's what, what was this one about? So this, I mean, this one was covering other too many realtors. Um, what else did we talk about in this one? The oh, drunk housing market. That's a pretty good one. I talked about the office market and how, like, you know, even the shakedown from FTX really affected the office, commercial real estate office market. Mm, wait, wait, wait. All right, let's go. So, yeah, I want, I want you to, because we were kind of starting to talk about this. I talked about how J.P. Morgan, how uh, uh, Diamond, what's... Is it Jamie Diamond? Yeah, you yeah. haven't said this yet. Right. So, well, you were saying how people were demanding people to come back to office. Mm. I wrote about that in here, and I personally think that there's some points to why you should, points to why you shouldn't. Collaboration is the biggest one. Today, I was sitting with my team, half of my team, and we're coming up with ideas. You don't just bullshit and come yeah. up with ideas on Zoom. Why do you think I do the podcast like this? I remember... Yeah. And going back to the first time I was on here, man, I pounded the table when yeah. we were going to become a Zoom podcast, and it killed it. Killed yep. my whole podcast. Yep. But um, terrible. Anyway, I talked about that right on here, and I was saying, you know, there, there are pros and cons to everything. I'm a get-in-the-office guy, and guess what? If your commute's too fucking long, find a new job. That's what I'm closer saying, Closer to man. where you live. That's what I'm saying. I, that was the only thing I legit like knew about I'm not myself. I'm saying get in the office every day. It's like Coming out of college, I knew this about myself. I'm like, I need to live close to my office. And this is coming from the guy who just told you he works half of his time not in the office. But if you're never there... Yeah, there's no, there's no room for idea exchange. Stupid, man. And, there's and got to be some collaboration. You end up on an island completely. And you feel, you know, like it'll get a lot easier for me when I have people legit working with me in here yeah every day it will get a lot easier and the content will get a lot better because i am on an island the best collaboration i do is on the phone with people when we chat i know it right so that's not it's worked out to this point but i mean i'm sick of it it's it's not i, I need people i mean if you can't fucking tell that you obviously don't watch the show like i need to be around people i need to fucking go back and forth yep. like i don't enjoy doing solo episodes that's why i never do them yep because, like, I can talk to myself any fucking time. I could do that in the shower, right? I don't need to fucking talk here with a couple cameras. I'd rather have someone across to, like, react and call me, like, a fucking moron or, like, Happy agree or something, yeah. right? I know you are. So, like, I, I don't... I think that's not... I'm convinced there's a piece of that in everyone, including very, very introverted people. I couldn't agree more. Even to have their own thoughts about what they're experiencing in front of them. This fucking idiot, right? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I interaction, man, it's so important. I just, I truly believe that humans are meant to interact. I've, yeah. I've always said it. Like, and I'm, I'm the guy down the shore that wakes up, watches the sunrise by himself, comes back, makes a coffee, sits by himself, throws a record on, and listens to it by himself, takes an Instagram. God, God, man, and then starts his fucking day after he posts. Who takes those pictures, by the way? Which pictures? I, I, you know, what? I answered that question for myself. You always have like these pictures and I'm like, it's like fucking 5.30 in the morning and you're setting up when the sunrise is coming up and I'm like, this son of a bitch. Lives that picture is a damn cool picture. <laughs> I think there was more than one. I was thought about one. It's a bunch of those. It's my tripod. No, I'm kidding. But um, no, I mean, listen, man, I just think that with any of this stuff and, and that was really what I was touching on with that. Collaboration's good. 
everyone needs alone time, but especially when it comes to business and work, you can't tell me that like it's the same thing. It's just not, man. It's not. It's not. Well, I mean, because that's your bread and butter, though. Like we've been talking about some residential, but you do commercial. pretty much exclusively commercial. So, what? Yeah. First of all, what are what's like the average deal size you do, or is it like a crazy range? It's a huge range, man. Because a lot of the deals we do are leases, so it's a hundred percent. The deal size is built around the term of the lease. Mm. Easy example, okay? Ten thousand square foot lease, okay? Mm-hmm. Twenty bucks a foot. Mm-hmm. One year deal, two hundred thousand dollar deal. 10-year deal, $2 million deal. Mm. And what kind of cut do you get out of that? Yeah, 6% is mm. usually split. If you're representing just a tenant, it could be 4%. Not bad. It's a good day for a $2 million deal. Not bad. You get a little cut of that. So you work with everything from, you could work with even like a sizable small business yeah. all the way up to a corporation. Oh, yeah. I did the Angelo Pizza. I, I, shout out, Ange. I, uh, that I was helped, a few years ago, Yeah, right? I helped him during the pandemic open up. Yeah. 1,300 square foot, you know, storefront retail deal uh, right on 2nd and Market in Philly. Great pizza. Great pizza. Easy work right there. Yeah, and, but, and, and an awesome deal, and, and now we're friends for life, you know? But what about the – have you – because you mentioned Jamie Dimon as like the example. I think I mentioned somewhere in there like Google said similar stuff like yeah. this. Other companies out west have said stuff like this. But are you seeing deal flow start to pick up big time because companies who maybe – well, actually, first question. Did you see a lot of companies just let their office space go and, and leases oh, and yeah. leave shit open? Like what Scroll was your this article. Okay. So now, all right. One thing I do want to talk about, commercial real estate has segments. It has asset classes. You have industrial, big-ass warehouses, like everything I saw on the drive here. Like I've never came from Philly and drove here. Oh my God. Then you got office, which is what a lot of people think about. Uh, multifamily, retail. Like there's all these different. A shopping center is not the same deal as an office building, right. which is not the same deal as an industrial cold storage center. So I just want to be clear on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking well, about. We'll, we'll talk about that later right there. But what are you, do you want me to scroll down? Well, no, no you're, you're kind of in the right spot. FTX. You know, had to give up like 40,000 square feet of office space. Now, that's a different example, but... They were in the Bahamas, though, no? That's where they were based, but they had offices around the country. I think L.A. Really? Yes, yeah, or San Fran, Chicago, D.C., Miami. So they had to give it all up right away through the bankruptcy. Well, they basically just said, we don't need it anymore. And that's where I kind of said, like, oh, you think? <laughs> scroll down, scroll down right below Can you this. just get out of those deals, though? No. I was going to say. Hell no. And that's why I said the, the tenant reps already collected their commission or like... Because yeah. the deal thing, like, you yeah. collect up front for a deal that's yeah. supposed to last 10 years, and all of a sudden they default. Well, you already got your commission. Um, Suddenly they're gone. <laughs> yeah. FTX wrote in a request that the firm determined that they no longer had a need for the leases. No shit. <laughs> no shit you don't need the leases anymore. Uh, going forward, as these premises are no longer being utilized by the debtors. No kidding. No shit. Like, but anyway, yes, a lot of... A lot of offices, I don't want to say just said, fly by night, let's default. Um, a lot of them said, you know what, we're going to go to a, whatever they call it, hybrid model. But but does that just, because they still need the space when they do that. They can't just be like, oh, we're right. only using the space on Tuesday and Thursday. Well, yes and no. Oh. Some companies said, like the WeWork. Group A is here Mondays and Wednesdays, Group B is here Tuesdays and Thursdays, effectively taking their 20,000 square feet, now they need 10. Oh, shit. 
and so they may downsize where their lease was. And that's where it gets weird because the lease is set in stone. So they so they yeah, have to find a person to replace them. Yeah, so sublets got huge. Subleasing space got huge. But also what we call blend and extends got huge. So let's say this happened on a deal where they were in year 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. They had 20,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're going to sign a new 10-year or 12-year deal, maybe at a slightly higher rate per square foot on less space. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. So now, I wish I had like Excel up. 20 bucks a square foot on 20,000 square feet. Well, now maybe they're paying 25 a square foot on 10,000 square feet. Still a win for them. Give up that space and maybe pay on a longer term. There's a million ways to skin a cat. That's what we get hired to do. Right. And the tenant doesn't pay us a dime. So you see, because I remember at the beginning, it was a crisis with it. Crazy. Because no, not only was were there no buyers, but you were worried about people getting out of their leases and then like, Everything. you know, you have inventory and these buildings, like when they're not filled, this affects it's common math. It affects everything downstream. So then do the, do the owners of the building go out of business and go into bankruptcy? And then what happens to the building when that happens and who possesses it? And then how do you refill it? But like, when did it start to move and shift back yeah. in the other direction? So the, the big, big landlords, like they got hurt because of their investors what do you mean by that? Like, you know, their investors are like, well, what the hell are we investing in? There's right. no one in the office spaces, right? So like, yeah, like sure. The the big, big ones got hurt, but the the ones that really got smoked are your smaller landlords and owners. And it all comes down to you got a budget for vacancy always when you're looking through an investment and you're underwriting an investment. But if you don't budget that really conservatively and something like this happens, you have no reserves and you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah, and a lot of these companies, because they just keep investing profit, they fly so close to the sun, and they got caught with their fucking pants down. I am surprised there's been, or at least you've heard about, far fewer bankruptcies in that space than I would have thought. Like, me just guessing as an outsider with it, I would have thought there would have been, like, millions of them. It's not that. Have there been some? Yes. But it wasn't, like, it wasn't. I guess from the outside looking, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because you know what's going on, but it wasn't the bloodbath that I thought it was going to be. It wasn't, and here's why. And this is another commercial real estate term. We're getting a little granular here. It's all right. Triple net leases. Have you ever heard that term? NNN, triple net? Absolutely not. Okay. You're leasing a space. You're an office. You're paying your rent. Yeah. You're also paying three nets on top of that. You're paying your your taxes, real estate taxes, Mm -hmm. pass through to you, Mm -hmm. insurance, Mm -hmm. common area maintenance. Right. So now if I'm your landlord, I'm collecting your rent. Yeah. And all three of my largest expenses, I'm collecting, you're, you're, I'm passing through to you and you're paying. Right. So this is like, okay, this is just like cash in. flow, yeah. man. Yeah. And that's why. Because these buildings have a lot of expenses that go along with them. Oh, and you're paying your utilities. I'm not paying, you know, so... You're really, you're literally paying. Go fuck yourself. But you don't, I'm not, I wish I was a landlord, man. Come on. Um, you know, at that scale. But uh, that's why. And that's why a lot of these companies, you know, did all right. Do you see a lot of unused space right now? Yeah. There's like a lot a of vacancy. Ton? Not in Philly. Really? Not in Philly and not in a lot. I mean, vacancy rates in Philly are still extremely low. You know, I, I, I just looked at it. It's, it's under 5%. Really? Check me on that, and, and you know I might make myself look dumb. Yeah, but- check that in the comments. But still, like point being, it's we're not we're not dealing with thirty percent or something like that. No, and I'm talking. Sorry, I'm talking like 
you know, Market Street West, Class A office. What was it pre-2022? A lot higher? It's always kind of been, like, very, very low. Really? Yeah, because it's t- it's twofold, man. Big company vacates. Smaller companies that have never been in the city come in. Example, just mm-hmm. signed a lease. Law firm in New York. They've never been in Philly ever. Found them some great space. Affordable price. We should have an office in Philly. And how's how's pricing relative to still steep man. adjusted for it, inflation? May, maybe maybe teetered. Oh, oh, it's still yeah adjusted for inflation. Still going up like crazy. Right, yeah. but I'm saying like pricing obviously in 2019 was lower by default because the dollar was worth. Yeah, it's it's more. chasing. So it's like you know you'll see a three to four percent increase. You know, not you're not seeing nine percent increases but it's keep in a way it's somewhat keeping up it's not like you're seeing fire sales or anything hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm well, judging by your fucking two homes now, you bougie ass bastard. It doesn't look like there's a lot of fire sales out there. You just gotta find the deals, man. <laughs> yeah. Whereas San Francisco right now, like, yeah, what's going on out there? Offices are just drop it. Like, there's more vacancy out there than I think anywhere in the country on a percentage basis. Almost positive. It's because it's because they went so crazy, and tech, who runs the world, was like, "Go fuck yourself." We'll go home. They did. I mean, they went to Austin. They went to Miami. Like, or they opened up satellite offices there, and a lot of people were there. They all went remote, so they're like, "Go fuck yourself." That's you know. I think they're the ones hurt the most by not being all together. By the way, tech companies. Yes, yes, man. You know what? I like that contrarian argument because. All these creative people and yeah. tech is very sexy and creative and this and that, but yeah. even if they're and like I'm making blanket statements right now, but no, even, no, no, this is a great, even if yeah. people are you know a little bit more like they want to be you know in the you know in their zone, getting people together, especially in like imagine Facebook. I love the social network; it's one of my favorite movies. Imagine if everyone there wasn't together. Yeah. Yep. When when the the summer where. Um, the one guy takes the internship in New York. Eduardo takes the internship right. in New York, and he's down there with, with Timberlake, uh, the guy from Napster. I'm forgetting a lot of names. Sean right Parker. Thank you. And they're collaborating. And yeah, they're getting hammered half the time. Not saying do that in your office, but collaboration's good. Yes. But Huge. you know what? You'll remember one Engineers thing from that. Engineers need it a lot, man. But you'll remember one thing from that. They were saying, like, I'm locking in. Remember? Mm-hmm. They're getting in front of the computer. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you lock in, then you come out of it, you collaborate. That's it, man. That's what, like, look at, just look at the top of creativity. Look at songs. You know, one of the things that does drive me nuts that you see a lot in the music industry now, and I can tell you, like, if I was a superstar singer, this would never be the case. I would pay for the fucking plane tickets to make sure it's done. But you see a lot of artists say, oh, I want a feature. And they call up, you know, hit up whoever. Oh, I want you on this song. And then they send, them, send, send the, the song. Track, yep. And that person goes to their studio. Fuck that, bro. 
I will pay for you to come out here, your hotel, everything. I'll pay you above your fee so that I, so that you're fucking in on this song. I'll cut you in on the song, and we're going to sit there and vibe in the studio. I, I got the Tupac picture right here. and like Yeah, behind the lights. You know there. he wouldn't be doing that. Oh, no. <clears throat> Dude, he, I mean, you know I have insight into how he worked in there because of my boy, but like he was... He was special. Yeah. He was, but yeah. now, all right, so I'll, I'll use an example of one of my favorite artists, Larry June. You Look, love this guy. Fucking love Larry you, June. Do you know man. him? I wish. Angelo, point, Angelo is hung him. with him in Miami, which is really cool. My, my buddy who, who put me on him. Um, Larry would be the first to tell you he records all of his tracks in his bedroom or like in his, in his apartment, like wherever he's at. And, but he'll even say in some of his songs for features, like, they're next to him, and he makes whole albums with people where they're together. Yeah, I don't care where they do it, but I'm saying, like, <clears throat> even look at that process. Forget the features thing for a second. You're in there. You're 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 fucking working with the producer. You're going back and forth. You're firing off ideas. That's how this. Sh- and I've seen these guys do this yeah. in that zone. It's like amazing. Like I, some of my favorite places to be in the past have been like sitting in a music studio, yeah. watching guys make this shit, and it's fucking incredible watching it come together. And that doesn't happen by just sitting on your own island. So, you know, does that not mean that, you know, there aren't times where the artist goes off on their own and says, all right, let me go write? No, of course they do that. And then they're alone when they do that. And they fucking exactly what you said. They zone in and then they come back and they're like, all right, let's work on this. Oh, let's add this there. Oh, let's take this away there. That's the whole process. Yeah. Like, if, like do you follow Rick Rubin? No, and I should. And Dude, I should. Rick, Rick Rubin for a long time has been like one of my heroes. I and should. He, what he does, this guy is funny. He puts out only one kind of tweet. Yeah. It's, I'll put an example in the corner of the screen. He puts out like a – it's his own little template and he puts a quote. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, I follow – like I see him on social media, but I don't like – I know nothing about the guy outside of he's in the industry. So he – he's probably the greatest producer to ever live. Right. Not like a uh, – like a different type than like Dr. Dre. Like Dr. Dre is a genius like creating everything. He looks like, he looks like you with your whole – well, doc, no, Dr. J. You ever seen Dr. J? Yeah, of course. Holy shit, bro. That thing is a monster. But, like, Rick Rubin is the ultimate, like, glue guy. And he, he'll he put these quotes up and he deletes them within 24 hours. So I always screenshot it. I say, I have, like, all his quotes. That's honestly it's cool. It's fucking great. But, you know, he talks about that collaboration all the time and he's all about the environment and what you do to throw ideas off each other he likes to sit with the music when he takes artists out to i always pronounce it wrong shangri la which is his studio out in malibu that's basically he he took an old like an old tour van and just built a studio oh i've seen this i'll put that in the corner of the screen for people they'll just like sit there like like a genie in a bottle and like Hmm, um, like let it come to them and start going back and forth. Some of the greatest music ever has been recorded in that place. Yep. And it's like, I love that shit, bro. I'm all about that shit. And I think that that's not unique at all. I, like when I look at these and people talk about like engineers often being introverted, not personality or whatever, they still have to be inherently incredibly creative yeah. to build the things they do. And even if they're not the biggest people person or whatever, they need to be around other engineers to even like try to one-up each other. And, and here's what it is, man. It's the 1% of the 1% that's the introvert that's super, super creative, like the artists and people in our generation. But I'm getting really sick of, again, I'm, told, I'm not holding back on this one. Everyone acting like they're so fucking special. Right. Like, oh, I need my... Shut up. Right. You don't need your creative space. Right. Just being like... 
a lot of people, man, I, and I'm not trying to come off too brash, but it's like everyone just nowadays, it's like everyone thinks that they have this like, dude, just collaborate with each other. Like, it's pretentious. Yeah, it's kind of getting like crazy. Man. I, I think, you know what I think a lot of the problem is? I think it has a lot to do with the younger you're a star. Right, the younger I'm sorry. The younger you are, are you? when you become a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, child stars. It's obvious, but like when people blow up when they're like eighteen, nineteen. Bro, I was a fucking idiot at eighteen, nineteen. There were, there were three brain cells upstairs, and they weren't doing a lot of hard work overtime. Like it wasn't. There was not a lot going on, sure. and my decision making was, you know, luckily no felonies. I'm still alive. Like we out here, but like I needed to have my time away from anything and now like i'm doing something that unfortunately involves me being public and there's part of me that's like oh i wish i got to this earlier and everything and in some ways yeah i could make that argument i should have been at this a couple years before i did i waited too long but well fuck am i glad i didn't do this when i was 20 yeah holy shit man because you you become if you blow up and i'm not there yet but like you become a target in a lot of ways, not like, oh, everyone's trying to come at you or whatever, but everyone wants a piece of you. Yep. And then that just affects how you are. Like I look at LeBron James, who I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of. I, I like LeBron a lot. LeBron is a very narcissistic guy. He does a lot of great things too. And the reason I don't mind it too much is because what I say is I, I look at the positives he does. And, you know, when he says stupid shit, of course, I'll call that out. But imagine being called the king or the chosen one, or looked at like a god by a bunch of old white dudes in suits when you're 13 years old. Every day, over, and you are from, that dude made it from nothing, which yep. shout out to him for doing that, yep. right? Single parent household, no money, no nothing. He had a great skill, but he also and was born with a lot of gifts, but he worked his ass off. But at the same time, that that enables, like, that repetition, you believe that shit. Yep. And so he only knows a world where the world kind of revolves around him and so you look at people who are stars and other things how's it that much different i'm not saying they were all on the front of sports illustrated being called the chosen one at age 16 but like you know you blow up as a singer or something like oh my god that's you you're not really treated as a human anymore yep i agree there's there's times in my life where i like who doesn't want to be famous i don't care what anyone says jewel Ooh, i like this guy keep going everyone like wants comment. to be famous i don't care who yeah. the hell you are Everyone wants to be famous. Different levels of fame, mm -hmm. right? Fuck, I would love nothing more than than to be famous in some capacity. And I'm not. I'm just being real and saying it. Why? Be, why yeah. would I want to be famous? Um, it could be anything from meeting other people that maybe I won't have the chance to meet right now because I'm not. Because you're a fan of them. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Why, Access. like, you know, I know a guy, if I'm famous, that, that can get me in with no, whatever. That's probably my biggest reason, honestly, is I would love to meet musicians, especially uh, comedians that I love. Like, mm. that would be cool to me. Um, that's probably the biggest reason, honestly. But everyone has a level of, of that. And But would there be something you'd want, like, if you could dream that you would want to be famous for? I mean... You want to be like Ryan Searhan? <laughs> no. Honestly, I, and I love Ryan Serrant, but I do not want to be him. Mm. Um, I've always joked that that one day, because I got a lot of a lot of funny things that I don't say out loud. I just always thought one day, once money doesn't matter, or if like 
I find out that like I'm I'm done working. I'm just gonna try to be a stand up comedian. Really? Yeah. That's hard. I know. That's hard. And I'm not a funny guy talking to me like this. I'm a whole different person when I start telling stories. I don't. I haven't told like any stories on that. You told some, but, but I know like, what you mean. I know what you're trying to say. I I know I am because I tell stories to people all the time. I have people cracking up. I. You I, are a funny guy. Like you don't. You you're you're very entertaining. I never thought of you as like. Because I don't think of people as like, oh, what, what if they did stand up? Like, I, I know I, I one even... person, one friend of mine who I was always like, you should be a stand up comedian. But yeah, I, but anyway, everyone wants to be famous a little bit. And I, I personally think that like, it's all about when it happens. Like you said, mm. if I became famous today, I feel like I'd handle it a lot better than if I became famous at 21, 23, you know, I'd probably handle it better at 40 than I would today. I got a theory on this. Go. I've talked about this with some people. I'm not sure that we talked about it on the podcast, though. Sure. Like, even Andy Bustamante, the CIA guy who studies psychology as one of his, like, strengths that was part of what made him a good agent. You know, he even said it. He's like, secretly, everyone wants to be famous. And I think he's right about that. But my definition actually goes into two directions because, truly, the way I saw my career going before any of this was, like, a thing was – Ooh, I wanted to be like that backroom dude doing crazy deals who, guess what, who knew everyone because of that. Right. Right? Okay. Which is, that is a level of being famous. You're not wrong. Right? It may not be that you're on, like, I didn't want, like, that whole, like, being on TV and every person knows who you are. I wanted to be that guy that, like, when I walked in, I added value in whatever the fuck I did. I like that, it. like, the important people who also add a ton of value were like, ooh, we respect you. Like, that's what I wanted. And this is where it breaks down. I think there's two levels. I think there's the people who want to be famous, which I do – I've only ever lived in my head, but the data is pretty good that, like, everyone secretly wants that. Guaranteed. And people who want fame. That's the other thing. So let me ooh, define those two. I like this. Famous is when you do something so well that – a wide number of your peers or people who look up to what you do recognize that on a pretty grand scale. So what I just described, the backroom 100%. dealer where important people recognize it. That's a level of, that's a level of being famous. Rick, Rick Rubin is a great example of that. He's yes. produced stuff that people don't even realize he's behind it. Kanye West before he started rapping. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the most ridiculous name yeah. I've thrown out there, but yeah, keep going. Uh, Continue. R.I.P. the Kanye we knew. But anyway. Fame. But – the other one is fame, and this is that – I think sometimes, a lot of times, it's a disease. This is what we see. This is the shit I can't relate to. Those kids who fucking – who don't necessarily have a talent. They're not like a fucking great singer or something like that, but they get on a plane when they're 18. They go out to LA, and they're just like, I just want to be famous. Or people who just want to create content, no idea about what the fuck on social media, just keep going with it, trying to get numbers, numbers, numbers because they want to be famous. People who – even have a skill, right? Acting, singer, whatever, but they enjoy that. that they love secretly those cameras coming out and snapping them and shit. I want nothing to do with that. And I know a lot of people who aren't lying when they say they want nothing to do with that. So that other side of it, that everyone does not have that. My, I don't have that. One of my favorite entertainers did an entire Netflix like parody show on this Bo Burnham. You ever listen to that? Yes, he's come up on here before. Okay. Yeah. He has something. It's like, look it up. Like, Zach Thompson's going to be famous is the name of the show. Look it up. Okay. This is really good. By the way, Bo Burnham, his 
special Make Happy and his other one, which was like Home or Alone. Hysterical. But you gotta be like, you gotta like, like the office type of funny. Zach Stone's gonna be famous? Yeah, Zach Stone's gonna be famous. All right, this is from 2013. Is that something yeah, right? Yeah, and I, right. I watched it forever. That's ago. what the video's called on YouTube. If this is copyrighted, we're not able to play it, and I'll put it in the description, and we'll be back right over after this. But if not, I'm gonna put this in the corner of the screen. Let me just click onto it for a second, change. I don't see it up so there. he's been around for a while. Yeah. Oh, dude, Bo Burnham, like, he had like that I'm Boyo song where I was like 13. All right. So let's play this. Yeah, right Zach's now. It's 26 is be... seconds, so it's quick. Let me just put this. This is like a, a full on TV show. Yeah. I played the game for 12 years grades, plays, sports, extracurriculars, philanthropy. I was a bit of a Woody Allen meets Jason Statham, Ferris dude, What the f are you doing in my room? Oh, God, please. I'm just... Dude, what did you do to my posters? I don't, I don't have clearance <laughs> issues, Andy. Exactly. Right, get out. It's over your head. Get out. Okay. Wardrobe change. Hanging with Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. That is exactly what I thought of when you just said that. It's like, that whole show is about, like, he has this, like, lust. Like, he wants to be famous, but, like, he has, he has nothing to be famous for. Um, th The funniest thing is when you go on Netflix and you look at the... Like the names of the episodes are hysterical because like it's always new stuff. So going back to that, yeah, I I am spot on in agreement with you. I would love to be famous for the accessibility, yeah, of so, but I I don't want to be like I I already hate how not private my life is. And yeah, I probably put too much out there. I hate that. So to think that people would know more about me uh, that terrifies me. Well, it's also it's also the environment too, because information is warfare, and what people do with judgment of other people is warfare. And and I think anyone who's in the content creation business, like they think about that in the back of their head. I know I do, because it's like, you know, we talk for fucking three hours on here every week with all different types of people. You know how many five second spots from forget me, the person sitting across from me is nice enough to come in here and do it. How many five second spots could get taken out of context that they say? And I'm very careful with that. If I see something that's real obvious and it doesn't mean anything to the conversation that the guest says, I'll take it for him because I don't want someone putting a clip of that five years from now if yep. they're like, you know, up to crazy shit or something. But, you know, even with people just who are just creating skits and shit, but they have a life and like they're known and people try to follow what they do. I mean, it's scary, man. It's a different world, man. It, it used to it used to take. And, and this is something else Bo Burnham talks about. I think this guy's a genius. I really do. He he talks about this, but he's like, entertainers, like, everyone wants to entertain. A lot of people want to entertain nowadays, but, like, you need to actually have a yeah. real skill. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty crazy, man. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of these people try to figure it out later. I, I had one, one kid I know who I connected with, like, a year ago who studies like content creation online. So he used to do a podcast, like talking to people for a long time about like creators, about what they do and sure. stuff. Good guy, this dude, Jake. And he said, he put out some tweet in the last few days. Fuck, I'll get it wrong. What he said, but he, it was something along, it was spot on. It was like something along the lines of he's come to the conclusion that a lot of people create content. Unfortunately, the majority of creators, meaning more than in his words like more than 50% of them online are creating content not because they want to create something but because they want to they want to put out something that 
is just going to get them views and that other people they think will fucking run with. And that is – it's like I think it's actually really obvious. Like after – when he says it, it's like, well, yeah, it's almost like a Captain Obvious point. But like people don't say that out loud much and that is spot the fuck on. Joel, the dumbest – the dumbest videos on the internet and this is going right in there are the reaction videos. <laughs> Please, I hate to cut to him again. Bo Burnham, my reaction, my reaction video. If it's here, and this is copyrighted, just watch his his documentary, Alone or Home. Oh, this is the one he put on uh, on Netflix or whatever. Yes, this. Oh man, Wh- which one do you want? Right here, right here. The first one, the unpaid intern. Yep, 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 yep. All right, this is definitely going to be copyrighted. If it's not for some reason, it'll play. But the video is called Bo Burnham Unpaid Intern Reaction. So you and I are going to watch it. It's and... fucking hysterical. I I seriously think that guy's right, like Yeah, so we're back. If we had to cut away, if we didn't, then we've been here. But basically, if people didn't watch this oh, and you're going to watch it later, he keeps reacting to the... Like, he starts reacting to a song he sang and then it, the video keeps going and now it breaks down to him reacting to the reaction that he just did of the song that then breaks down to the reaction of the reaction and it keeps going it's like in a, like a uh, pyramid. What's the, the room the, where you have like the doll and then the other doll is bigger than the doll? And, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like the little figurine and yes. then the other one like, and it keeps is bigger. Going. Yes. So what were you saying that you took away from My point is, I think that the dumbest thing on the internet where people make content just are reaction videos. What the fuck are those? I mean, look, my attitude, I can look at some things sometimes and say, well, I don't like that and I wouldn't be about that. But what I try to do is I if there's a marketplace for stuff, unless it like goes against my values and this doesn't go against my values or anything, like I respect the fact that there's a marketplace for it and people do it well. I'll tell you, man, there are a fuck ton of people on Twitch. You know how many times in my life I've been on Twitch? Zero. Zero. Never been on there. Don't even know how it works. Is that the gaming streaming app? But no, they do so much more on it now. No, but that's the thing that but that yeah. guy Ninja was on and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like there's hu- these accounts on there just reacting to shit all day. You know, to me, it's kind of like I go nuts doing that because you're just you are you are eating the fucking next nut in front of you on the ground for the audience. Ooh, what do they want me to react to? I'll react to that now. Oh, what do they want me to talk about? I'll react. What are the commenters saying? Let me do that. Like, to me, when you're going to be creative and stuff, you have to have, in order to give your audience, like, something that's going to entertain them, you have to have that space from it. And you got to be able to just, like, create. That's why, like, you know, right now, I'm not sitting here looking at YouTube comments saying, oh, what should Ty and Julian talk about next? Like, it's not to say, like, oh, fuck you, the audience, I don't care what you think. I listen to what the audience, when they're talking, when I'm off episode and I hear things they're interested in, I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that, too. Maybe I'll bring that up. I hear other things that I'm like... I'm not that interested in that, so we wouldn't make good content from it, so I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. Right? So there's there's levels to this. I, I mean, listen, I, I agree with you 100%. I just think that certain things nowadays, like, entertainment's and in every sense of the word, is going a really, really weird way, man. Like, it's just not... Some things, you know, stand the test of time. Stand-up comedy, music, movies. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind mean? of. Well, God, what do you mean? Well, music and stand-up, I think you're right about. Movies, are shit's changed in that. The way we go to movie theaters, how we do it, where they get released, when they get released, whether even... they're movies or TV shows, all well, that's all changed. Right, so, so t- like, television entertain, like... What's the difference? But that's what I'm kind of saying. Like, not much. Yeah. Yellowstone could have been a seven-hour movie instead it's a TV show. I guess, yeah. I haven't watched it, but... 
Peaky Blinders, my favorite show, is becoming a movie. Like they're gonna make a movie from it. It's like, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah, the lines the lines are blurred, but I see what you're saying. Like it 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 goes around for sure. But like, do you? Is there any content that you find yourself consuming that you don't think is? I don't know, like guilty pleasure consumption that you're like, this is so stupid, but I'm watching it. You know, honestly, like I, I saw myself fall into there a little bit recently and I just dig myself out. If I don't Like think, what were you watching? Like just um like uh not like meme pages, but like you know these stupid like they're on Instagram where it's like what the hell was it called? Like shit posts. Cyanide and, and happiness, you ever heard of those? No. They're like these stupid little cartoons are hilarious. Mm. But like, it's different. I don't know. I've just really been thinking a lot about that and like what I'm consuming and whatnot. Yeah. The the other thing that you got to think about with all this though is is the opportunity cost of what you're watching, even with stuff you like that you think is good. You know, I think when you get desperate or you're feeling stressed and the or you know, you're you're trying to move faster. The irony is that the opposite can happen because you have so many things to do that you wait to start them and you procrastinate. And having that fucking thing in your hand tied to the internet and all these different apps and shit, you can waste an hour or two like that. You know, especially if you have to like go like in what I do, I got to be aware of shit, right? So I got to read up on stuff and then I'll go down rabbit holes farther than I need to go. And then I'm like, whether it was then you end up watching videos after reading articles or you end up reading more articles than you should. And then you're like, holy shit, it's been two hours. I didn't need to do all that. You know, I I need to go back to what I used to do, like at the beginning of this, before I started the podcast, when I was building in here, I'd fucking turn, because I could at that time, I'd turn my phone off and keep it it, out of the room. You throw it like in a... uh under yeah, like couch. under a cushion, yeah. yeah. I remember you saying for that for like to twelve hours. It was great, and yeah. I, I'm gonna start. But now, like people are trying to reach me all the time. I also remain very engaged with fans online. That's a part of what I do. So it's like you know, I'm constantly multitasking, and it's it's too much. I mean, it's all getting, you know, building this the way I have. It's it's getting to, it's getting to be too much. So I I personally think that this is a crazy take, but. I was sick uh, back in December about a month ago, and I swear because of my phone, it took me longer to recover. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like stuck in that like, I'm sick, oh, I'm just yeah. laying here, I'm just... Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It was easy. It was so easy, man. It, right. Like we were talking about that, getting comfortable, felt a lot easier to just lay on my, you know, lay my bed and, and scroll than it did to get the fuck up. And I, you know, I texted, uh, I texted one of my friends, nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. Well, I was sitting there just existing and just like melting. Oh, I'm sick. I'm sick. I swear. That's part of the reason it took me longer to get better. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree. It's, I, I believe in that kind of shit. Like mindset affects your health and everything. You were talking about that earlier with something, but like you do a great job as a guy who works his ass off and is constantly available. That's part of what makes you great at what you yeah. do and does deals everywhere. Like, you know, forget the fact that you're also running like a side business too and doing great with that and giving your time to kids, especially like even on weekends, which is very, very cool of you to, to teach kids because you were, didn't you play for like the Hungarian national team Yeah, for lacrosse? Yep. Yeah. You're like a fucking great lacrosse player, played in college the whole bit. So you're doing that, but like you also always find time for yourself to work out and stay healthy and you put a huge emphasis on that you watch every 
you're not like a psycho, but you right. watch what you eat. You have good balance. You don't have a great time, obviously. But, you know, that is – that's something that a lot of people, especially people who never had to worry about that when they were in school and stuff because, you know, they were just always in good shape, worked a little bit, you know, had fun. That's something that a lot of people, especially in their 20s, struggle to find that ability to, to carve that out. It's not something I struggled with, but – now, due to some other circumstances, I miss like being able to do that all the time. But you make time for it. I'm I'm out of sync right now, though, man. I'll be honest with you. I was so sick last month. I'm not back. I've been to the gym three times in the last month. Really? Yeah, no, dude. I lost like 20 pounds. I went from almost 180 pounds, like the best I've ever felt, looked, everything strongest. How much do you weigh right now? Like, well, I got some of it back. But I'm at like 167, 168. I went from 180. Like literally 180, like like best I've ever yeah, felt. Yeah, Christ. To 161. That's low. Yeah, man. I I generally speaking, I'm good at that, but it's like you know going back to the mug thing. Like it's a joke, but I swear that I've really realized how important health is recently. I've also realized that having some coin helps you to get to a way more healthy place. Dude, took the words out of my mouth. Man. I got one for you, and that's what made me write it on this on this mug. Wealth I, is you did it. You did it a different way. Wealth is health. Wealth is health. Instead of health is wealth. Right, because people say, oh, well, health is wealth. You can't, you know, if you don't have your health, you're not alive, blah, blah, blah. That's true wealth. Well, I will tell you that the best way to get really, really healthy <laughs> is to have some money yes. and to, you know, and I don't do these things. I plan on doing these things. Cut seed oils out of your diet. Oh, someone else. Joey Deef was just talking about that. Can you explain seed oils? So I can and I can't. All, all, <laughs> no, I'm serious. All I know is I'm... Once I am fully back, because I'm still not 100% back, once I'm fully back, I hope by like mid-February, seriously, that's how shitty I still feel. What did you have? RSV. Which, what like, the fuck is that? It's a respiratory virus that like will kill small children or, or really mess them up. If it doesn't kill you, like, and you get it as an adult, it can really, really body bag you. Elderly people like, can get smoked by it. I got COVID tested like 67 times during the last month. Strep, mono, they tested me for everything, man. And I had that. And, like, I don't feel back at all. Um, but my point of all this is I truly believe that if you can get to a point where you can, you know, pay and cook and, and do the right things to get certain things that are very accepted in our you know, society out of your diet, if you can get these things out of your diet, seed oils being one of them, it really helps you. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, I've been thinking about that more and more, like, the shit that not just, like, like in everything. Everything. Everything's dude. a threat in a way because as society's morphed into convenience and mass production, we put all this stuff in, in all of it. Like, even, think about women with this example. This is something that, thank God, we don't got to deal with. But, like, when they wear their makeup, right, they're putting that all on their face and everything. It's near all openings to pores and shit like what the fuck is in that stuff you know the food we put in our mouth what kind of preservatives are in that the seed oils yep. and all that shit you know when when you are even when you're taking supplements what do they put in that shit yep you know what i mean like i asked my doctor which brands to get and like specifically which ones to get because there's so many out there where they're like don't fucking touch that you know what i mean and so it's like it, it's almost like we figured so much shit out as a society that like greater society saying, all right, we, ha we can't figure too much shit out. We got to reset the balance here a little bit. We can't have people living to be under fucking 50, right? And so they, they yep. do these things that change you. Like when I look at pictures of people and how they age, 
sometimes you'll look at like five, ten year gaps where they'll show someone, maybe it's someone famous or whatever, or a random person online. And you'll see that. And I, I try to fill in the blanks and I say, I wonder what they eat every day. I wonder how often they work out. Yep. I wonder where they live. Look at Jennifer Aniston, man. Oh, Everyone's, not everyone, most people. Most like people. Celebrity crush. She looks incredible. She looks amazing. Guess what she happens to have? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it's not cheap to, to live like that, man. It's not. Yeah, I was talking with, with somebody recently. I, I can't remember who, but she was saying. Oh, it was my cousin. She was explaining. She was like, if I had a lot of money, you know, I look good, but like I could look like, and I forget who she was named, but I could look like this or that because think about all the resources they have. Yep. Personal trainers, personal chef, measuring everything. It's all done for you. And like, bro, I am jealous when I look at, you know, some of these pro athletes and whatever. And, and I mean that in a good way. Like when you hear about like LeBron putting 1.75 or something like that million dollars into his body, body. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what you should do. It, that's an investment for him. That's, that's how a, he makes that's money. A, a <laughs> drop in a puddle. That's what I'm or saying. Bucket, so it's like, you know, when I didn't have any money, the one thing I would spend on is my health. That's all I let. That was my expenditure. Or if we need to get like a table at Premier or something. But that was it. You know what I mean? So like I like I like two things there and one of them was my body. And like that's what I want to get back to. Like that's going to be the first thing that I spend a lot on because my health has been so bad yeah, building man, this you've, podcast. You've been getting smoked. And that's one thing too that a lot of people don't realize either. Like you can you can have some health struggles in, and it doesn't have to be anything like crazy that you get up and do every day out in the in the real world just from using your brain a lot and stress man yes stress is huge. i'm starting to really feel on that going back to the the pit i was in during covid like the stress of that started to get to me big time mm. and i felt it i felt it firsthand and it uh yeah it's it's shitty man it's shitty to say the least what was i looking at the other day that showed i think i was looking at scans of a brain that show like a brain on stress I might be wrong about that. I feel like I'm remembering that though, because they, it was explaining like how it affects each region or one main region. I'm gonna fuck it up if I try to explain it, but essentially it wasn't good. Yeah, and it was like your 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 body is not meant to handle that and it has a downstream on everything. And I've had stress coming out of the fact that the rest of my health hasn't been good while I'm trying to build this because I'm dealing with other things, and it's like, you know, that now. Like, whenever I've had stress in my life, it's been very quick. Yep. Usually it's related to a female, right? Like, in my in my professional life, I've had very, very little stress at all. Or in my in school. Like, I remember I had a stress freak out, like, freshman year of high school. That was the last one I ever had. It was, like, one week. What's you know what I mean? stress freak out? Just, like, when you get overwhelmed and you, like, just, you know, fucking sit on the floor of the bathroom crying because you don't know where to start. That's like kind of that. how I felt that night. I yeah. told you I was driving around. Like, that shit sucks. That that yeah. sucks, and and the thing about it, like, and I don't, I've never been diagnosed with like anxiety or anything like that, but it feels like a pit. You can't mm -hmm. escape. You do, but it yeah. feels like you can't. I think a lot of it is um, the the it, it can emanate from the fear of the unknown, yeah. and that's less where it's emanating from for me right now. But in the past, that's usually what it is. Like yeah. we're so when we don't know where something's going, like when you haven't earned that security yet, like you have, right? And you can still find new things. There's there. always a new yeah. fucking hurdle to get over. 
but that that can then bother you but like when you haven't when you haven't felt that okay i got the rock sitting on the ground right here and that boulder ain't moving yep you know now it's like well what if this happens and what if that happens you know with me it's like well what if i don't what if people just stop listening to this show like what if they just all leave tomorrow it's a real you know you live in that fear and then if it, well if you decide to live in it it'll fucking crush you and i think when i add in all the other extracurriculars with it sometimes it does and like i'm finally at a point where i'm like all right been doing this myself for so long. I just got a kid to help out with a second clips channel that you just started. started. Just got a kid. I was like, "What?" <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't. There's no little joins out there that I know of. Thank oh, God. Boy. But I got, I got somebody to to help out with the second clips channel, and then the kid Alessi Alaman has been running that fan page and doing a great job, like on the side, which has been great for awareness. But the whole show and the whole product has been me the whole time down to every single edit and every single personal comment online and it's like when your head is in 30 different places and you're not healthy and i can't be me and i'm i'm not in the shape i you because i used to train six seven days a week and whatever for eight years you know 90 120 minutes a day when you're not doing that because you're not capable of doing that fucks with you yeah definitely fucks with you all right i mean you see it from a lot of different people. How many professional athletes, right? Do you see, and they and they just look like a completely different person after they retire? Because, yeah, that is a stressful profession where, like, you know, they're in it every day, and after that, it just oh, it all goes away. You don't have fans. You don't have to worry about your stats. You don't have to worry about your next contract. Blah 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 goes down the line, and these people look completely different after it. I think they also, a lot of them feel a crisis of purpose too. It's very hard to, you know, yeah. get those, get those hormones firing to be excited about the gym, for example, for some people when they've lost that. Yep. I, I, I think I can that's see a real it. pattern. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of people, even in the business world or just in the world every day, don't have like that purpose or the why. And I think that mm. a lot of these people are starting to struggle with like, why do this or why do that? Why go to the gym? For some people, when they start working from home, why go to the gym? Right. I don't see anyone. Right. And that's, that's a part a of it. Scary part of it too, man. It really is. That is, you feel better, like, having done the home workout forever, which just sucks. And now, like, I need surgery on both sides, both shoulders, and it's like, you know, there's, I'm so limited in what I can do. But, like, I do miss the vibe. Yeah. Be, I mean, I lived in a gym for eight years every single day. And then it's like suddenly you're not doing that. It's not the same. Like there's – there's I, I went to a gym for the first time when I was out of town back in May. And I wanted to run through a fucking wall. I must have done like 60 supersets in there. I think I was in there for three and a half hours. I'm like, this can never end. That's how the other shoulder went bad? No, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't pushing – on purpose, I wasn't necessarily pushing that in the second half. I was going lower body and things like that. But, like, still, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And there's equipment everywhere. It's a vibe. And you don't have that when you're fucking just working out with your fucking dumbbells at home and there's no one around. And, like, you don't have something like, ooh, that guy's working. I need to match that. I need to beat that. You yep. know what I mean? Like, you, it's, it's, it's up to you. It's Yeah, it is. It's. I want to talk about that for a second, too. Please. Uh, oh, shit. Are you going to tell me about the 9th, that's for 10th? What? <laughs> what? You're not going to go Liver King on me, are you? 
Dude, I don't even know. I know nothing about that guy. Good See, for you. I'm not very, uh, I don't know a lot of trending social media stuff, which is good and bad, I guess. That's great. I already did steroids. I never even heard, <laughs> I had never even heard of the guy. I had seen a picture of him somewhere along the way. I hadn't heard of the uh, guy. Yeah. Well, he was what he looked like. Put it that way. He was basically telling people to not wipe your ass and fucking sleep on logs and eat nothing but cow testicles and liver and meat and shit that is made natural every day and buy his supplements from his company so he was getting rich because it's going to make you look like this. And he looked like a fit. He looked like... I saw remember, pictures of him. Remember in Step Brothers when he's like, check out these abs. You see those You see those babies? And they're like clearly fake. That's what he looked like. And he was like, this is all natural. And then he looked pink. It it, exactly. Yes. He looked totally fake. Like pink. Yeah. In the picture I saw, like his yeah. skin tone was very pink. Yeah. He got like he, severely sunburned. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I truly, I truly believe that like we are such primal people and I'm, I'm realizing it so much more as I get older, man. And so much more as I mature, dude, we are, we are not as like sophisticated as we think we are. I truly mm. don't believe it. Like the human race, yeah, we're not. We're, we all think that we're like, like this. Like, we are in a lot of ways in what we invent, but we, like day to day, the conversation you're gonna have with me, and the conversation you're gonna have with the next guy, we have different experiences, but we're yes. all still, we're all still humans, man. And that's the thing we're like. I joke about Elon because he, he's like not a human. He's like the one guy that's like not a human in my mind where he like just he might be an alien. Like, right? He might be. But but for the most part, you sit me down next to like 128-year-old males my age and we're not going to be all that different. I believe. I think I understand what you're basically getting at that most people don't have inherently insane innovative abilities and therefore how much farther are we really along than say some other species yeah like well that and like we compete you know we we want the we want to be the best but like we're still i don't know i don't think it's i think sometimes that shit gets overcomplicated man we do overcomplicate things for sure like we can invent all the shit in the world and, and we have some insane stuff like you know technology always blows my mind but the people, even if they're able to invent things like that, we're still, we're just prime, like we're just primal. I truly believe. Well, that. I mean, look, that's why when you say something insulting to somebody, they may start yelling at you, and then they may get physical, right? And but I'm not blaming them either. I'm just saying, like, that's a primal reaction. Like, there's, we may even know in the moment. I'll think about that when I'm getting angry at someone. Yeah. Like, I know I'm getting angry right now, but I can't stop it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we have certain defense mechanisms that go up, and we're losing a lot of that as we get, not necessarily that example I gave, but we're losing other things as we get more advanced as a species in the sense of, like, technology because for example everyone's in front of screens good luck going out and killing dinner tonight if you have to you know if you're not working out and you're a fucking you know you're you're fat and out of shape like something happens in the world you're one of the first to go yep you know what i mean so it's kind of like a dichotomy like that it's weird but we still maintain like i do constantly try to remind myself we are just animals and we're just we happen to be overall the king of the jungle on based on ability but you know we're not 
we we have leaders around the world who get insulted by the smallest things and kill thousands of people. We have leaders who we're worried about hitting a red button on things. Yeah. These are grown children. That's all they are. Like the older I get, the more I realize how much people never grow up. The sandbox just becomes the fucking courtroom. That's it. That's it. Pick it. Or courtroom, the, the or, fucking the business, the conference room, whatever it is. Or the world scale. Like it becomes the world powers. It's just Yes. No, no, you exactly. Know what I'm exactly. Like think about that. Conflicts get started because one guy says something at a meeting through a translator that the other guy goes, How fucking dare he? And they both represent a whole country. So if they just don't like each other and don't fuck with each other, boom, 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 boom. Everybody's going to war. Crazy. How many how many of those fucking kids in Russia have any idea what they're fighting for? They don't. They're 18 years old and they got sent by their fucking madman, strongman leader who just wants to invade a fucking country. How many the people in Ukraine, they're, they're, they're sitting there defending their land. Some of them understand that. But like, what about all the other stuff going on behind the scenes? They don't know any of this shit. And it's yeah. not their fault. The people are the ones who lose their lives because people, the, the fucking, the, the governors sit in rooms and decide and make decisions on, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And these are the lives that'll go. Uh, I'm telling you, man, I, I, that's kind of, it was weird. I didn't know how I was trying to loop it in, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we're all just, take the guns out of it. It's still people killing people, animals yeah. killing animals, people, yes. like, I don't care what you say, in, in any ecosystem, one thing will go after another, so it survives and that one doesn't. Two, two, I don't know, any other type of species, one fish can eat another fish, a person can kill a person. Like, you know what I mean? Do you, so, and... I don't mean this in like, <laughs> do you think about this or want to do this or whatever, but do you have a recognition that like if you went bad, you could kill somebody? Mm, I don't th I don't think so. You know why, man? I can't even hunt. <laughs> I really can't. And I've hated people. I've been in fist fights, right? Like who wasn't a dumb shit little kid or college kid over that a girl? Was, that was a great answer. Go ahead. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like- when push comes to shove and I got to, like, ah. What about in a self-defense situation? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about self-defense for sure. Like, if someone walked in this room right now and tried to, like, take us down, I'm not going to just be like, oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Have I, at can't, it. I can't even <laughs> hunt. Uh, no, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I just think that in the grand scheme <sighs> of things, like, we are in many ways still primal. That's why you see people make dumb mistakes when they're yes. thinking what they're whatever, or you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like people are still animals, I, and I, I don't know. I I don't know where I'm trying to loop that in to get at, but I see it every day. I see it with. Do you see it more since the pandemic started? I think especially? so. Yeah. I think so because That's again, man, doing. we're sitting here. People were left alone, and mm -hmm. they're stewing, mm -hmm. and they got to interact again. And mm -hmm. interaction's not normal to them. Yeah, I do see it. I think that's a huge part of it. I think that, I think that when the irony is that taking people away from other people made them. I don't want to say this. There's a, I've cited this line before, but there was a line in Boardwalk Empire, which is a really good show Great on show. HBO. And it was said by Arnold Rothstein in maybe the first season or second season. But he wasn't – like I think it's it's a famous quote and he was saying it. But he was like the hardest thing for a man to do is sit alone in a room with nothing but his thoughts and be perfectly okay. And man or woman, same deal. And I think that 
that says a lot about what happens when suddenly we're forced to just go in here, which it's great to go in here sometimes for introspection. I'm not saying don't do that, but when you are forced to do it or you put yourself in an environment where that's all you do, you you definitely lose a degree of empathy for other people. Like, thank God, and I'll say this, thank God my job involves me connecting with people. I do this every week. I, I fly people in in the morning. I fly them out at night. I yeah. spend the whole day with them, right? Yeah. So I have tremendous human contact. That's the one blessing in what I do. Yep. If I were just building some fucking company back here that required a lot less networking and you know just building you know building a product or something, right. I'd go fucking crazy. And most people would. Which is what I was kind of also saying earlier when people are like, oh, I need to be in my space. I got to be by myself. Like, no, no, no. We're humans, not man. all the time, yeah. We're humans. Yeah. Lone wolves. That's not very common. Like, you know what I mean? When you talk to some of these CIA guys and stuff, one thing that they highlight when they're talking about human psychology is they will talk about how one thing across every culture, just the human race is that there is an inherent need to be around and be in, have a social environment with other people. Yeah. People fucking crave it, and they will do crazy things to get there. I mean, you and I both know, as a as even a more extreme example on that scale, shit, when you're like really head over heels for another female, it's like, holy shit, man. You will do some dumb things. You will say some dumb things. You will kind of lose your mind a little bit, you know? And so, so it's – the part of that is because you you don't just like crave them sexually. You crave being around them. You crave that, that other person who's going to accept you in ways that other people won't. And frankly, shit you can't get from like your fucking boys. I'll give you a really, really good example of that that, that I see personally. And, you know, as I've grown up, especially now, like – we were talking, you know, there's a, a lady in my life right now. I've realized that there are certain things in the past, which is why I thought I wanted a girlfriend or a girl or whatever, versus why I actually do now. All right, so hear what me on that? this. Yeah. Younger, physical all day. Physical all day. That's mm -hmm. what 20-year-old male, yeah. you know, is worried about. 24-year-old male, physical and, you know, fun, I guess. I don't know. Right, like how's that different? What I mean is like a, a, a let's say let's go fifteen year old like oh we're going back all right eighteen year old all right eighteen's better can lay around and have the physical thing and that person's probably like all right because that, that this age, is great right and that <laughs> oh age, my god that's all you're thinking about <laughs> yeah. and then that same person goes off to college and maybe they're dating the same girl and that's still there that piece is still there but now he's like I want to have fun like mm. out and about. And then he starts losing interest because maybe that person, they never had anything more than just that. And they actually, when they go out, this one wants to dance, this one doesn't. Right. And that's like, right? Yeah. A little bit further. Mid-20s. And I, I'm only speaking, I get, this story's going to stop at 28. <laughs> it's not going to go to 35 and maybe I'll come back one day and talk about a different one. Mid-20s. Uh. Now it's more like, all right, physical, fun, interest. Mm. Now it's like, we got to be able to talk about some shit. Because it's not just as simple as going to the college bar. We got to be able to even like yeah. the same TV show. Yeah. But now, and, and this is where like we were talking about maybe not that much changes in two years, but this actually, I'm 28 now. Now it's physical, fun, interest, life goals. You feel me? 
Now, what does that consist of? Does that mean they need to have goals like yours or they need to just have in general goals? Goals that you can accept and your goals they need to accept. Mm. Life vision. Life vision. Okay. Uh, For instance, me, I'll, I'll speak right on it. Travel, new experiences, right? Spending time with family. That one's starting to get really important to me. My parents are in their 60s. I feel like that's always, you've been good about that. Right. For a long time. And I get busy and sometimes I lose sight of it and then it comes back, right? Like that's just how life goes. But that's other things like this. Like, um, am I, are we going to, you know, invest together and do something like this? Mm-hmm. My buddy Sebastian, who, who we just got off the phone with, that's important to him. That's important to me. Like, I don't want to be trying to build you know, an investment portfolio of real estate while my significant other, th- that's not on their mind. Like, that's important to me. Oh, so they do need to have that interest. Well, but, but that's one example. Or I got one for you. If I really, really, I don't like to golf, but if I really, really, really love to golf and she really, really, really liked to run marathons. You need to both do. We, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? There's yes. got to be like, I got to accept her goals and vision and she's got to accept mine. And a lot, some things need to go together. For but instance, other things don't. Let me just ask a clarification question. There can be some things where you like one thing and she likes another. Sure. No? But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I might like I might like golf and she might run like. Oh, you're not there. saying you both have to do it. You're, oh, got you. Got that's you. what okay, I'm saying. I misunderstood that. Like, yeah, as long as you're fine with me disappearing for four hours to go golf, right. you can go get up and train and go or, or do your 5Ks. Just don't fuck the plan. gardener while I'm gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope I have a gardener one day. Hey, you, you shouldn't have let me in here. Oh, anyway. my God. But No, but but that's kind of what I'm saying. So that's where I'm like, we're primal. That, that never left, by the way. The physical thing doesn't leave. No, no. It's very, it is very important. It, it's like that's like 18-year-old, and it builds and builds and builds. And I'm guessing 35-year-old me is going to have to say the we have to have similar family goals. I've been asked mm. a thousand times dating. A thousand times. How many kids do you want to have? You know what my answer has been every single time? Seriously. I don't. As many as my wife wants to have. I'm not having them. I'll have zero. I'll have five. I don't care. I literally do not care. I feel like you wouldn't want zero though. Jewel, that that mindset to me is changing, man. I could be very okay with being with someone and for the rest of my life, it being her and I. I disagree. I have a strong. I I highly as as a friend. I highly doubt that for you. I, I'm telling you, your your way your way to. First of all, you literally work with kids on your side hustle. You're fucking into that. You're like a very happy go lucky, also like infectious type person. You're the kind of person that like you're gonna need to be a dad. I'm I, gonna tell you. I think from the outside, I think you got to check yourself on that. Yeah. I think I think if, I think if you're in love with. I mean, how many have I known since, like, I met? It's been a lot. So yeah, I really hope no one listens <laughs> to this. Nobody listens to this. But I'm just saying, like, I don't I don't think that would fly for you. Yeah, but but if the person that I had all these things I just told you about told me I, I don't want kids and it's, it's just something I don't want, it's not something that's going to make or break it for me. Whereas some people, it would. Honestly. Yeah, that would make or break it for me. Yeah. It's a good answer to say how many does my wife want, right? But like, you know, I I I don't know. I, it's like I said, I don't think there's any little Julians out there that I know of. So I, I haven't had to face that decision at all, and hopefully that's still a while off. But like, 
they, like you said, they got to deal with it, right? Like we don't got once once we do our thing, like they're the ones that, that yep. deal with it. So it's it's very mature to look at it from their angle because I do feel like a lot of guys don't think about that. Like, oh, I have three or four. Well, That's, are you going to do that? Well, not only you know that, I mean? not only that, but like this is something that I'm starting to realize. I'm an only child. And for me, growing up like that, you know, you're the center of attention. I recognize that that's shaped me to who I am a lot, a lot today. So with that, I'm really selfish with my time and what I spend time doing. I hate nothing more than having to, like, go to something I don't want to go to. So imagine if my life after I have a kid is that. I'm not saying... I'm, It'll change. And I know I'd be kid. a kick-ass dad, yeah, man. Yeah, it would change. That, that'll change. If you ever time. see me around kids, yeah, it's just that, like... That'll change. It's just a thought. I'm saying that I truly feel like in the seat I'm sitting in right now at 28 that I would be okay with any scenario around kids. But also, here's the thing. Like, when you have kids, because as we said, like, you're rich now. But, you know, <laughs> you it, you and I were talking earlier. And what did you say? I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. What did you say when... When I said define rich, I said no pressure. Right. Expand no upon pressure. that real quick. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, and it's funny. So a lot of people give him flack. I love logic. He's one of my favorite artists, mm. which is what a lot of guys dressed like this would probably say. Got <laughs> <laughs> to bash myself sometimes, you know? I've loved him for a while. And his first album uh, was called Under Pressure. His first like studio album, yeah. you know, signed with Def Jam. It was called Under Pressure. And then a couple albums later, he released an album called No Pressure. And I remember thinking about that. And I'm like, huh. At a certain point, again, it doesn't doesn't create a perfect life, but it maybe gives you a little bit more freedom to say, I can do things without there being a serious, serious reaction. I'm taking a 12-day trip to Colorado. I trust my people. They're, they're helping me build these awesome things to hold down the fort. Right. I couldn't have taken a 12-day trip to Colorado the last time I sat in this seat. Couldn't have. Right. And that doesn't... Wealth doesn't always mean, like, dollars and cents. I I've, didn't know if you were getting at also the angle of, like, the... Pe continue. Well, I, I, I was, was thinking saying, you might be getting at something else there. So, it's, it's... Wealth doesn't always mean dollars and cents. It can mean the people around you, the trust that you have for pe people around you. Like, that's where... That's that's wealth in my mind. It's not just like material things. But also having the ability to financially support that and having people working for you and things like that. That too. See, like, forget kids for a second. Like, at the moment, and I think I'm coming out of this era, knock on wood soon, but like at the moment, I could never have a relationship. I don't, because guess who, by the way, and I'm perfectly open about this. Guess who has to be very selfish with their time right now to speak of that? I do. I know. I don't do anything. This is what I do here, right? Like, I work all the time. And for anyone I, that thinks that that's bullshit, I know this guy for years at this point. No one works harder. He's a Kobe Bryant type of mentality towards this shit right here, which is why when you listen to it, the production, all of the posts, I am your biggest fan, dude. I know that, and I appreciate that. I'm your that. biggest fucking fan. I appreciate okay, that. like, and I said this to you, and this is also true. I'm your biggest fan. And I don't even listen to every fucking episode. Well, I'm surprised you listen to any, because like people I know, I don't. When people I know are like, "Yo, I listen to this," I'm like, "Really?" Because like, you know, they can call me up and talk to me. You know what I mean? The like, Matt it's not Cox the same. episode of this show, <laughs> I have, I have catch me if you can tattooed on my body. It's my. It's that right guy here. was a fraud. What? That guy was actually he was a I, fraud of a fraud. Which you said, and yeah. I still don't know if I believe that. It's true. 
Yeah. But like Matt is, Cox is the G foat. Greatest fraud of all time. G Yeah. That's actually sufficient. But uh but anyway, no one works harder. And and I think that that's you know, being selfish with your time and working hard, it does pay off. The, the, here here's the bigger point to that though. Yeah. And, I, and I I appreciate all that, Dude, obviously. And any I, day. I, I appreciate all your support. Any but, day. Not even talking about a kid, like with a relationship right now. It, that look, if if someone, some beautiful young lady wanted to walk in and said, "I don't expect anything. You can work all the time. I understand what you're doing. I support it. I'll be here for you." I'd be like, "You don't have to do that." I'm not gonna say no, but like, you don't have to do that. But if she was like, "I totally get it." Like Conor McGregor's wife was like that. She's she like, really was. She's like, "Yo, she I know like, you gotta do your what's thing." What's her name? D. I've, I think it's D something. Something. But like, good luck finding that. And I would never ask. I would never ask for that from someone. But. If I get myself to a point, when I get myself to a point where I have people working for me, right, and working with me and building this thing, yep. and I can have the trust to hand this off and do that, and I can get me time, well, now I can do that. Because now, even if there's something that, like, if I'm in a relationship and she wants to go do something, if there's something that I don't want to do, I have the luxury now of being able to go do it. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So with to bring it back with you with kids, first of all, I've never had a kid, but I've talked to a lot of people who do. You've talked to a lot of people who do. You do change. And things, your whole perspective whole on life changes. changes, right? So you suddenly things that you would think right now, like, I'm not going to give a fuck about my four-year-old soccer game while he's picking flowers in the corner. Suddenly, you may actually care about that. But even if you don't, it's still going to be your kid. And you are still going to have yourself in a position from all the work you've done before you had a kid where you built wealth and built time and built that freedom and no pressure for you, that you can say, yeah, I'll fuck off for a whole Saturday and, and Sunday. No, Don't call me. My phone's off at 5 o'clock on Friday. Go fuck yourself if you call me. You work to basically buy yourself that right. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to buy myself, and you have gotten there quicker than I have, right? And that is, that's a beautiful thing. It's not even like, like that, Joel. It's, it's more like I feel like if she hit the fan today and... I was all of a sudden going to be a dad. I would not feel pressure. No, if, no. If you, you told me, what was it, two years since I've been here? Yeah. More two than years two ago, years. I would have flipped the fuck out. <laughs> I would have lost my mind. Yeah. If I found out, dude, if we were sitting here, I'm not kidding when I say yeah, this. You, yeah, I agree. And my phone, right before we started, I got that text <laughs> two years ago, I would have left. <laughs> if I got that right now, maybe I'd be a little bit more animated. <laughs> I would not have left. I think you'd be pumped. Be like, yo, I'm gonna be a dad, bro. Yeah, just give yeah. this Rolex to my kid. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You buy yourself that flexibility. There's a huge difference between someone who has to get a kid in a situation that has no money and no hope now because you got to find some sh shitty job to support a kid and give up your dreams versus someone who's already bought themselves the luxury of being able to have that support and know that you're going to continue to be able to build and give time to be able to take care of that kid. Yeah, and, and it, you know, it, it comes with a serious amount of work, but it also comes with the right people being around you. Yes. I am not, I will say it a thousand times, not self-made. Not self-made. Mm. Self-taught in a lot of what I do. I'll, listen, man, I'm proud of myself. I am self-taught. I self-taught 99% of what I know about commercial real estate. When I sat in this, this seat two years ago, and I was like, I'm, I'm considering a move. I didn't know shit. I didn't know anything. Now I'm working on deals around the country because I self-taught myself. Watch, I think you knew more than, than you're giving yourself credit for. Not really, man. I'm, I'm being honest with you. 
I watched YouTube videos. I read books. I asked so many brokers, right. so many questions. Man. You shot a lot of videos too with your dog. Shot a lot. Of, th those are residential. That was just yeah. to make some money because right. I didn't know shit. Right. But anyway, you're um, working. I, I yeah. respect your grind so much. But not self made. A lot of it. And I want I want to talk on a point that you know the ins and outs of. Mm, what's that? My my. We keep calling side hustle. Athletes United. I have a legitimate in writing partner now. First time since I started it almost ten years ago. Mm. that person is helping me to build this thing and we're doing it together. That is someone that is creating that low pressure to no pressure situation. When I think of that business, how many student athletes do you have in that right now? Hundreds. I mean, hundreds. And that's the thing. There's turnover. Kids go off to school. Sure. They graduate. They're done. New kids come up. It's kind of always going to be that same number unless we keep hiring more coaches, which we are. But you're in two, three states? We're in six states six. and multiple sports. Jesus. And have a media Christ, arm. Man. The media arm, which I'm super excited about, which are really starting to roll out, it's not going to be fucking TikTok videos for clout. It's going to be a lot more than that. So but that, what, like what, though? Like what are you going to be making? No, the whole point is that we're going to bring value and power to the student-athletes. What we're going to do for these kids is more than just make highlight films. If we have a kid that's got a great persona that's about to go play lacrosse at Rutgers, mm. we're going to help him get NIL deals to make him some money while he's a student mm. athlete. Who else is doing that? There's got to be people trying to get on that now, but that's still the But wild, the difference wild is we care about them and help them as a player to get right. there first. Right. Not, not, I'm going to be your agent because you're super fucking right. talented, right. kid. We're right. going to help take him from a B-plus athlete to an A athlete and then once they sign that and they're going off, hey man, we are going to help you create like almost like a portfolio to help you go get sponsorship deals. Where the fuck do you get all the time for this? It exhausts me. It's people, man. I'm not doing it alone. I'm not a one man right. army. Oh yeah, you. By the way, you started this with saying I won't say I'm self made, and you're saying like you mentioned your partner right there who now Luke, like you've empowered. Shout out Luke. He does his shout out Luke, who does his thing. So you're saying that like everything you've gotten. In your business is a result of other people also believing in you and working with you and helping bring their own value to the table. My partners and my colleagues and the people, I don't like even saying that work for me because no one works for me. They yes. work for the company. Yes. They work for the fucking company to build themselves, their own wealth, and to take care of their family if they have one or take care of whatever they have to take care of. They're not working for me. Mm. They're they're helping us build something. We're all building something together so that we can all go and take care of our own. We're not living the work over here. None of us. Okay. Mm. But I'm not sitting in this chair with the jokes on the mugs and whatnot unless it's for great fucking people. My two par business partners for uh, McCann Commercial Real Estate, McCann Commercial Real Estate, Mike McCann, Jim Onesti. I'm nothing without them. I'm back to making thirty eight, forty two grand a year. Trying to figure out how to how to do this whole commercial real estate thing until they gave me a platform and a partnership, you know. Yeah, it's the, dude. That's a great self awareness to it. I I do. I'm waking up now. Yeah. No, no. Look, I I remember a quote that Obama got a lot of shit for when he was on the original campaign trail in like '07, whatever it was, '08, like during that whole year build up to the run, and it was with the guy Joe the Plumber. And he said, I may get the line slightly wrong, but I think Obama kind of fucked up like how to say it. 
but what he, you know, the guy was talking about his business and how he built it on all and all this shit. And he said, if if you have a Obama fucked up because he said, if you have a business, you didn't build that. And it came out wrong. But what he was getting at, he was making a good point, even if he was then going to argue politically against this guy, which is a side issue. I'm talking about what the yeah. overall point was from a guy who technically hadn't like built a business before. Like Obama was never a business guy. So people sure. say, well, you can't relate to it, which is fair. But what he was saying is that you can't really find a lot of businesses where the guy or or woman who founded it are the only person who ever did anything for it. For it's sure. not to say that they may not have a situation where they took all the risk. You know, and their employees didn't, so that's why they get paid more. But you know, you you have to recognize, like, even with this, I'm bringing people on now. Knock on wood, we have the first guy like on full time. We have a lessee running the fan page who's doing his thing. Like, that's great. But like, these people are doing it because they believe in it. I don't pay them. I don't have any money. I got another un- unpaid uh, thing that that really is something to think about here. This fucking seat. Every person that came through this seat is helping you ultimately. Like, listen, man, the value of your show is you. Right. You're asking the questions. You know who to bring in. You know what's interesting. But this seat is helping you yes. get there. 100%. And it's an unpaid position. And I'm happy to work this one day every two years to help you get there. Yes, sir. And that's and that's the final piece, man. Think of all the... I've had, I've had including people who have been here more than once, like you... I've had over a hundred people come through here at this point. They've come from as far as France. So, so cool. you know, that's I and if you want to count Paul Rosalie coming from the fucking Amazon, well there you go. They came from there. And I don't take that for granted at all because without them this doesn't get built. Yep. So we can talk about oh this work ethic and everything and like that's great and, and I appreciate it. And yes, I do work my ass off and I'm the guy making it go. But comes with other people helping right like being able just like i said like that one thing with the pandemic happening and my dad's like use the back room now's the time to go for it you can't fucking afford rent on a studio well use the back room right there he never says that this never happens period couldn't agree more right so you have to have that recognition i appreciate that especially after like all the success you've now had and you know becoming a titan in that industry like quickly too and congratulations to you like you you recognize that but listen brother i'm really glad we got to do this yeah this is great it's a flashback to the beginning too it's nice to see people grow and and do their thing and you know do it outside the studio i get to watch it happen but hopefully pretty soon i'll be at a new studio and have a life again and uh you know we can enjoy the fruits of your riches over there (laughs) I love it, man. Thanks for having me back. All right, dude. Everybody else, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace.